It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. Hello. Hey. hey, man. Raphael Grandpa. Hey, man. Raphael here. <laughs> How you doing, man? Yeah, great, man. How are you? Where are you right now? I'm in Brazil. Oh, shit. Where, where yeah, yeah, is yeah. Brazil? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm completely isolated in my home and... We are living a, in a crazy moment here in Brazil, man. The numbers of COVID and are growing and growing. But, you know, we are safe in house, but it's, it's hard, man, hard times. Yeah, you know anybody that's uh, ill or, like, are you, like, are you surrounded? No, or like, no, I, I, no, I don't know anybody, man, anybody that, that had <laughs> infected or... Died. Actually, I know a friend that has a brother that died from from the disease, from the COVID. What do you uh, What do you think about what's happening right now, man? To the world. Yeah, man. What I think is it's it's the re- reflection of how we are treating the the fucking world. You know, man. This is what is happening. It's just a, a consequence, you know, uh, consequence of the, how the leaders uh, are treating, you know, the the world, the, the governments, how they are. You know, it's it's a kind of a, a new thinking growing, you know, right now of of young people that that know that we need to care about the environment and 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 everything so it's it's a seems to be a, a kind of a new way of thinking about the world that the the you know the the the, the other generations didn't have so it's a kind of wake i don't know but this is this is all about the consequences of of how we were acting you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely a karmic thing. It's definitely a yeah, yeah, yeah. Shift in I, I don't want to, to to be so spiritual, but it's a kind of karma thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's 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 energy. It's all energy. I think. Um, yeah. Shifting, yeah. You know what? Changing. I, I, yeah. I believe this shit too, man. All energy. It's how you... The, the same energy that you, that you put in the world, it will, it will... You know, you get that same energy back. It's... I don't know, man. It's a kind of natural, natural law. I don't know. Natural rule. 
Yeah, law of magnetism, law of attraction, law of frequency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, up, for sure. This yeah. Is, this is what is happening right now. We've been, we've been being really bad humans, <laughs> you know? What what was the first comic book you ever picked up? The first comic book that I ever read was um, a children's comic book in Brazil called... um, No, no, I think that the first one was a Disney one from Disney. It was Mickey Mouse or something. And what inspired you to want to draw? You know, I don't know, man. Actually, I started drawing my family when I was very, like, when I, when I was three years old. I started to, I guess I started to draw because it was kind of boring because my mom had a store in that, in that time. And um, I used to go with her, um, to the, to the store, and, and I didn't have anything to do there. Uh, always with the same toys, and, and I started to to draw only for, I don't know, to have some fun, and because I was bored. And I, I started to draw the, the characters that I, that I used to, to watch in the, on the TV. And in that time, it was the Super Friends. And I started to draw superheroes since I was a kid. And um, I remember the, the first drawing that I remember that I did was a Batman. And, uh, and my mom, I showed the drawing to my mom, and she thought it was a donkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's hilarious. <laughs> you drew a, you drew a Batman and she thought it was a donkey. <laughs> yeah, she thought it was, it was a donkey. She said, she said to me, "It's a it's a family joke." And now it's like, "Oh, this donkey is so beautiful." And I said, "Hey, it's not a donkey. It's Batman. Can't you see? Can can't you see the 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 ears? Uh, the pointed ears?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a donkey, you know, kind of donkey. So I created the donkey oh. man, and I. And I <laughs> you create. You created I, I should, the donkey should, man. The donkey man. I, I should run the donkey man. It, it, you know, it's a project that I have since my two years old. <laughs> I can't wait to start it. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's hysterical. He's uh, he's the original ass man. <laughs> but hold on. You know, uh, <laughs> Donkey Man. Okay, so I, I read somewhere that um, you were really influenced in, in your in the beginning by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I read that somewhere about you that you you um, or no 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 you you, you that was uh, yeah. I- it's you, that's weird, yeah. Maybe I was drunk when I when I yeah. had this interview. I, uh, <laughs> that's a, well, that's like that's a uh, you know that's like a mutant hybrid. Like, I I I really that was like one of the first comics that I ever picked up was was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and mm-hmm. um, and I love the um, and and 
I love the the whole idea of um, hybrid uh, superheroes, kind of like what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, okay. like Donkey Man. Would he have like, yeah, exactly. Well, would he have like donkey powers or would he look like a donkey? Like what? what? <laughs> What's his now, deal? He only, he, yeah, he only smells like a donkey. He, it's his superpower. He only smells like a donkey. <laughs> he smells like a donkey. The donkey man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so the first comic book he picked up was like a Mickey yeah, Mouse comic. And then you yeah, started yeah, drawing probably, Super Friends. Probably. Who was, was Batman your favorite on the Super Friends? Was he your favorite? Yeah, I, I, yeah, this character uh, was always my favorite. He's, you know, until yeah. now. And um, but I used to draw my family also, and, and I was kind of obsessed by by I don't know how to say that like very cute characters like. Uh, in superhero costumes like Super Mouse or Super Duck or Super whatever you 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 have like a a, a very cute animal character dressed like a superhero. I was obsessed by by this. And I I love to, to draw a lot of different cute animals in in superhero costumes. Okay, yeah, okay, that sounds right. So you <laughs> Yeah, I do remember that the the version of that the Disney character called Goofy. Yeah, he was a superhero Goofy. Okay. Yeah, I do remember I love, this character. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, superhero I love Goofy. Too, yeah, Goofy was. I love Goofy super because goofy, of the, Super Goofy. Yeah, I I loved anything Goofy because he used to do all of the like. Um, you know, all the, like, uh, Buster Keaton kind of uh, yeah, slapstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah um, that he would, you know, he'd go flying. He'd, he'd, like, be skiing and go flying off of a cliff. And, I used to love that. Yeah. Used to, <laughs> I fucking love that. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, he was one of my Goofy. Yeah, they did a Goofy movie. They did a... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe can, we can teach. Maybe we can teach a, a, a version of Goofy, but with with real persons, you know, with real people, not Goofy as as a, I don't know if he's a dog or or, or whatever. Right. Exactly. But but you know we can cast. I don't know who who could play, who could play Goofy in the in the, the, the theater in the movies. Like uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd like to see. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, who could play him? You know, forget he's a he's a, a dog or he he would right, well, he would be a, a person. Right. Hey, like uh, I would just I would just want to say Hugh Jackman because I I know he'd just nail it. <laughs> no. But <laughs> but, uh, but uh, <laughs> goofy. What Goofy? Uh, Hugh Jackman as Goofy. That would be as Goofy. I don't know. I'm, I'm, 
I'm thinking about um, that guy that made the the, the pianist. I forgot his name right now. Comedian version of him. You know what I mean? Adrian. Adrian Brody. Yeah, Adrian Brody. Yeah, yeah. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Imagine that. I think that's very good casting. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, man, let's well, yeah, we can teach it. Why not? We we can call we can call Disney right now. And, hey, we had a brilliant idea. <laughs> a, a superhero movie, but different. You know, super goofy. Yeah, no, I see. That would be awesome. I see. It. Yeah, it's crazy about. What's crazy about Goofy is you said it because like there's Pluto, who's obviously a dog, you know. Pluto is obviously. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, there's a very. Yeah, man, that's a very famous line in the the movie. Uh, It's adaptation from from the uh, from a Stephen King movie, Stephen King book. Uh, I don't remember the name. I don't remember the name in English because in Brazil it's Conta Comigo, but in, right. in, in English I don't remember the name, you know. The, the, the movie with uh, River Phoenix, you know? With who? With River Phoenix. Phoenix. River, River Phoenix. Phoenix, yes, yes. Fuck, yeah, River that movie, Phoenix. yeah. yeah Dude, I had, was just thinking the, the, of it. Yeah, in, in the movie, there's a scene that right. they are dialogue arguing about 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 right. the dog, you know, the Yeah Pluto. Stand by That's, me. Stand by me. Yeah. Stand by me. Stand by me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah totally. they, they have the same that conversation movie. that we are having right now. You're so right about that. I was just thinking about River Phoenix today. I was thinking about like Oh yeah. Shit. I was thinking about I was thinking about Joaquin and I was like you know, imagine if River was still around and what he could yeah. have done. You know, what kind of man? Yeah. What a what a loss! What a huge loss! Um, yeah. So hey, man, great actor. You want to know what your name means? My name is. Hello. Yeah, you know what? You want to know what Raphael Grandpa means? Yeah, I, in Brazil it doesn't mean nothing, but but I know what it means in in English. Hold on, what is Grandpa? I mean, is that your real name, Grandpa? No, no, no. It's, a, it's an artistic name. I created like this a, name when I was a kid. Yeah, when I was a kid, I saw this this word. I wrote this word, Grandpa. Because I have the, yeah. It's an accent. It's an accent in the last A. You know, it's different from Grandpa, the American way. So I was, I was a kid, and I was... Uh, about to release my the, the first book. My, my, the first book that I did was a, a, a book, um, a kind of religious book, you know. And I did all the, all the illustrations. And the, the writer, my name is Rafael Claudino Diaz. Is another thing, but it's very. It's the last name is very common here in Brazil. And he said to me, like, hey, man, if you, want, if you want to be an artist, 
you you should have a you know a special name, a different name because Rafael Diaz is everybody's Rafael Diaz, you know. And he's right. And and I say, Hey man, okay, how how came up I'll come up with something. And I started to, you know, create a lot of different a lot of different names. And then I I don't remember if I saw this word something or it was a part of the uh, a word that I, that I, that I read and I wrote it and I thought yeah this is the name so some years ago I was I noticed that grandpa was grandfather you know <laughs> in English but I yeah. really like that you know just people think I'm old and it, it, it's a kind of people have some respect without knowing me Right, 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 right. I got you. It comes with the <laughs> the mantle. So yeah, the, the people think. I'm so wait, wait, what was your very, what's your what's your real name again? What's your real name again? Rafael Claudino Diaz. All right. Well, I looked yeah, up Rafael Grandpa. You, you know what Rafael means? What 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 means Rafael? Mean, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it means it, uh, God uh, heals. Yeah, 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 God heals. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know when I was yeah. a kid, I was a Christian. I was, I was uh, a Christian. And yeah, uh, it's actually, uh, it's actually from Hebrew. The Raphael is from Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that interesting? Um, my it's name like, is like Daniel. Daniel. That is, yeah, I yeah, Dan, mean, Daniel, Dan, Daniel, friend of God, yeah, Daniel, right? right? Daniel means God is my judge, which is really God, intense. Oh, God is my judge. I thought he was friend of God because we had that that tale about Daniel in the in the cage with the lions, you know? Yeah, yeah, Daniel yeah. the lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the tale, man. Um, and your last name is obviously Grandpa, which is literally uh, Big Daddy. So your name is God Heals. God Heals, Big Daddy. <laughs> God Heals, Big Daddy, yeah. What's your name? God Heals, Big Daddy. Pleasure to meet you. Actually, I'm getting old, you know. And um, when I when I created this, his name I was a kid and there was it was fun to be like grandpa and be like a I don't know 17 year old kid but now I'm 42 so it's getting pretty I don't know you know like maybe I'll change my name for grandson or something like that right now. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm feel I'm feeling old with this this name now, you know, so I should change like Moyetis did, you know? Change it to Youngster. Raphael Youngster. Yeah, Youngster. Raphael Youngster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, if if I do that, people will will get it, you know? People will get it, like, okay, Uh understand. understand You gotta keep evolving. So, hey, can I, uh, let me, let me touch your horn first. Let me toot your horn for a second for the audience. So um, 
So Raphael Grandpa was awarded with the fucking Eisner Award, okay, and, and was the first Brazilian artist to receive the award. I mean, that's amazing. And um, he wrote and drew comics for uh, DC and Dark Horse and Marvel. And uh, he's written and drawn for some of my favorite, and I'm sure my audience's favorite characters out there. Um, He's got a Wolverine story called Dear Logan, um, which is said to be the not only one of the best comic book stories of the year, but it may be the perfect Wolverine story. Um, Batman. Jesus. Um, and uh, most recently, you worked... See, this is why I wanted to have you on. I mean, I, you know, I've been a fan of your work for a long time, and I hope, hopefully I'll get to work with you not just on a cover or something. I'd, I'd love to do like a, you know, if you, have, if you have the time down the line, I'd love to do a run with you on one of my comic books. But um, you got to work with Frank Miller on uh, the yeah. recent Dark, Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child. And um, it's... You know, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing to be a comic book collector because there's so much fucking content out there. You go to the, you go to Comic Book Wednesday and you're just like, oh my god! I mean, I, I I'm still reading the books from last week. I, there's no way. And then and there's just so many titles. But when you hear names like Frank Miller, right? You know, your ears perk up and you say, oh, he's he's continuing the Dark Knight, right? Yeah. And then you then you add a collaboration that's um alchemy, you know, an, an alchemic chemical thing where it's it's suddenly it's um it's being it's being talked about, it's being talked about before it's even out there. You know, people just it's part of the, it's part of the collective uh subconscious, you know, before people even, you know, have it in their hands. And that's how this book was. It was like an event. And mm-hmm. and there's something about the fact that it tapped into the zeitgeist of, at the time, what was going on in Hong Kong. And actually, in uh, the, uh, the protests and the riots in Hong Kong, which were a precursor in 2019 of what the fuck is going on here now. Um, it's all a yeah, big yeah, wave, you're right. you know. And yeah, you're right, yeah. Frank... Frank I guess he, you know, he tapped into that, and the combination of your, um, when we were talking about energy earlier, you you imbue this real flowing, tangible energy into your work, and so does Frank, you know, which is why I see you guys were, he picked you to work with, or you sought yeah. each other out, but um, yeah. ha- Hong Kong. The protesters they they took images from the book and and used it as their like sigil, you know, as their symbol. Um, And it became a worldwide thing before it even was on the bookshelves. So what what was that like, man? What was that like? Yeah, it was. Yeah, the the whole process was. 
how we came up with, with this idea of uh, having a Dark Knight story that was, you know, the subject was riots and protests. It was something that, you know, we started working in this, in this project in 2016. Uh, we started to talk about creating something together, and then in 2016, Frank said to me that he wanted to to invite me to do a, a sequel of The Dark Knight, in, in The Dark Knight saga, you know, the, the a sequel of The Dark Knight 3, like a... Um, uh, how do you say that? Um, spin-off, right? And uh, yeah, sequel. Yeah, spin-off. And, right, exactly. Yeah, and I, and I said, and I said, of course, yeah, let's do it. I was so fucking excited, you know, because Frank is my one of my idols, and you know, only to know him, it was already an honor for me. But working with him, it was something that I I, I didn't I dream it. I used to dream with it, but it was so far from my reality, you know, that when it happened, it was a kind of surreal, you know. And um, we started to talk about a lot of ideas. And once, I guess it was in 2000, I guess it was 2016, I was in New York, and... Um, I had this sketchbook and I started to draw the um, the, the new design for Carrie that I actually I, uh, it, it's the design that that we we used in the book and I drew a page with that I that I think is page eight or nine of the book. It is. Let me check because I have one copy here with me. Uh, yeah, where she's I like, guess it is. Where she's like floating there. Yeah, no, it was page twenty. It is page eight, I think nine, nine. Right, that is Carrie with the Molotov uh, cocktail with, you know, and she's saying, "Give them hell." So this this was the, the this was actually the first the first page that I that I catch it and I and I went to Frank's studio and I showed showed this 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 page to him like hey what do you think about it and he said yeah let's do it so he started working and and there was um, you know our process, you know, uh, and it's so surreal how how much freedom Frank uh, gives to to his collaborators. You know, he really loves to collaborate, and he really believes in the talent of the people that he worked with. And uh, it was the same with me. And and uh, then we, we started to to think about the story from that sketch. You know that that happened because of all the the conversations that we had previously. You know, and when when we when we announced this project, it was crazy. You know, people started to talk about it, and um, 
and then they release the, the they announced the the picture you know the the promo image of the golden child there was that image with Kerry Kelly with the Molotov cocktail with the words the future is young behind her and um, it was it was the, the protests in Hong Kong were, were were happening in that time and people started thinking that DC were supporting the protesters you know in China a lot of people started to talk about it and uh, but in our site we saw the picture and they posted the image without our name without Frank Miller and Rafael Grandpa and uh, they decided to take it off to post again with the right image but when they they deleted the image people started to think it was like a censorship stuff or something like this and because they uh, the, the protesters thought it was um, a kind of like China trying to censorship DC or censorship some image that can support the, the riots or the protesters. Um, uh, it, it, in, in that time, it became the, a symbol of the, the protesters, you know? And there was a, it was a kind of mistake from the protesters and uh, coincidence that we, and then DC announced that cover in the same time that, that the protesters were protesting. And, uh, and there, there, you know, man, there was, there was so, so, so bizarre and surreal because everybody started to post about it, you know? And, and you know, like, in all the media and all the, the, the the, the TVs and stuff, people started to talk about this, uh, this you know, the, the, the thing that happened uh, that China censored DC comics and DC accepted the censorship and uh, they deleted the image. It was, it was so wrong, man. It, it didn't happen. But what happened was because of this, the protesters started to use the image as a symbol. They started to tag. With, uh, they, they did a lot of spray tags uh, in Hong Kong with the words, the future is young, and, uh, and the, world, the future is young became, you know, a, a, a word, you know, like a, um, a tag, you know, a, a, from for, for the protesters and you know man I was only only as a you know was only observing all of this and thinking man this is so bizarre and he didn't believe that but as you said it was a kind of zeitgeist you know because um, a lot of protests were happening in, in the world at that time, and we wanted to do something um, that could portray this reality in the comic book. So, uh, it, it, you know, the reality inspired us, and we inspired the reality, and <laughs> that was so, so bizarre.
Yeah, it's like a time capsule. Like people will look back at comic books before 2020 and see yours right at the end of 2019 and see it as like a, a watermark, you know, and it's, they're going to they're gonna see it as this moment where everything shifted where, and it's literally in the pages. It's just like, whoa, there is civil yeah, unrest man, yeah. here. And, um, you know, it, it, that was the last, that was really the last time um, people went to the comic book shops. That was like the last time people went to the movie theaters, you know. It's, 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 uh, it's very surreal. I wrote a comic book called Fishkill that, um, and Brooklyn Gladiator. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, I'll send them to you. To, I'd love to hear your feedback. I know I, I asked you to do a, um, a cover at some point, but I, you know, I, I don't know what you're doing now. You're probably busy until the apocalypse. But um, <laughs> they're, <laughs> you know, they're both. Yeah, man. I, I, I would love to do, man. I, I just um, want to find a, a good room to do like a good work. And as I said, right now I'm, I'm busy because I just received a green light from the sea for a big project. And I, I, I will be writing and drawing my take on some of the most important characters and um, creating some new characters and it would take like two years of my life. So, and the wow. schedule, you know, the schedule is always tight. Yeah. What can you talk about at all? What are you doing? Yeah. It's, it's better not talking about anything because every time <laughs> that I talk about projects, people started to pressure me and ask it about things. And they, they had some reasons because, um, Ten years ago, more or less, I announced the project with Dark Horse Comics, and yeah. because of contracts and stuff, it wasn't possible to finish the the, the book. And until today, people ask about this project, and uh, and they learned that I will never announce or talk about something uh, in details uh, before it's done. You know, so. This is a rule right now. Yeah, I get it. But it's something you're excited about. And it's DC. It's a big DC character. Yeah, it's a DC character. I, 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 cannot, I cannot say nothing, man, but I can say this <laughs> is a, a dream project. I, I, I was seeking this project since, I don't know, man, since 2012, something like this, or... I started to write this story. Yeah. Is, I, I'm kind of recreating the universe of this character. And I've been studying and doing a lot of things, and I had this opportunity to to make this pitch with DC in the beginning of this year. And I'm pretty excited with this project right now, man. I'm, I'm, right now I'm in the de- development phase, Doing all the sketches, all the the, the designs, all the you know everything that we need to to do for a, a pre-production. 
Is this the um, is this the character you've always wanted to work on? <laughs> I cannot say anything more. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, well, shit. That's cool, man. Um, my favorite. Yeah, man. yeah that's cool. That would be a big opportunity for me for for write a big project like this. You know, I, I can. I, yeah. I will. I will. I'll have. Okay, my skills as a writer. That is something that I, I, I didn't do like big books with with very complex uh, uh, scripts until now, you know. So this is a very important project for me because of the one of the one of the most exciting things for me in this project is this opportunity to to show my skills as a writer. You ever uh well, yeah, there's something about the, like, um, you you drawing fluidity, uh, you know, wind, capes, stuff like that. Like, uh, <clears throat> I'd like to see you do a run on um, Spawn one day. <laughs> I love Spawn. I really love Spawn. Yeah. Yeah, I um, thought it so yeah. I, I, Spawn were the character that made me be interested again in superheroes when I was a teenager because oh. at some point I, I stopped reading superheroes because I thought it started become to be very boring and uh, I started to to read a lot, a lot of Brazilian uh comic books from Laerci, Angeli, some of, of the big names in Brazil. Uh, they, they, do, they did a lot of, they were very influenced. They, they had a big influence on me when I was a kid and the whole, you know, all the artists in Brazil also. And they used to do a, um, a magazine called Chiclete com Banana that means Banana with gum, I don't know. Um, and uh, because of Spawn, uh, I started to read superheroes again. Yeah, did you like McFarlane? Was he an influence, Todd McFarlane? Yeah, I guess. I guess I had some, but maybe not so conscious. A, a, a very conscious influence, you know what I mean? Uh, I never, never, see the, uh, never but, but because of, we, we do a lot of details and he does a lot of details too, maybe I guess he, he can have uh, some influence in my side for sure. You ever see the animated show? The uh, Spawn yeah, animated yeah. on HBO? Yeah, I that was l- cool, right? I love that. That was so cool. Like yeah, I, I love. Uh, forgotten. Yeah, Keith. Uh, Keith David. Anymore, you know? Keith David, who is my one of my favorite voice talents. Um, he was also in the Gargoyle series. Um, he uh, 
his voice has, has spawned. Wanda! Oh, my God. So fucking good. <laughs> so I know you, uh, you, um, you did animation, right? I would love to see your yeah. stuff animated. Holy shit. Yeah, man. I did come already. Uh, the only 2D animation, 2D animated stuff that I did with my style, it was a campaign for Nike for the the, the World Cup in 2000 something. I don't know, 2013 or 12. I don't know, 14. I I don't remember. But I did another project, animated project that I directed for Absolute Vodka that they invited me to create something. You know, without, you know, it's completely freedom, and I do whatever I, I wanted, and they sponsored the project, and um, and I could I could work with with my characters in in a 3D model, and that was very exciting, man. And I, I spent some time in, in in UK, in London, when I did it. It was I I lived in. in in London for three months, more or less. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm here now in, uh, in outside of London. I feel like I made a good choice being here. It's pretty chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the the name of this, this animation is Dark Noir, and you can find it in the, the YouTube. I can send you the link. I would love to watch it, man. Um, I hope they make an animated version of uh, this recent Dark Knight that you did, Frank. Holy yeah, you shit. know, yeah, everybody, everybody talks about it, and uh, yeah. but I guess they, yeah, but everybody, I, I, I get, I, I, I mean, the fans, everybody asking me like, hey man, I would love to see this animated, but I guess DC needs to do the other Dark Knights first, right? So. <laughs> Maybe they already did the first one. If they do the, the second and the third one, maybe we'll have a chance to, to see the Golden Child, the animated version. Yeah, I dig it, man. I like where it's headed. I like that Superman's uh, uh, kin are stronger than him, man. It's like this fucking super-duper strong, godlike. It's pretty it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you so, know what I like yeah, with yeah. this Golden Child is um, some of people read the Golden Child and some people love it and some people thought the, some of the lines from Dark Side was kind of repeated, you know, but it, it, was, it was very interesting because when I was working with Frank, and I saw him working and creating. He's more interested right now in, you know, to to make his his writing sound like a poem. You know. Right. So if you read it again, if you read it again with this in your mind, you read, you you get it. You know, it's it's kind of it's poetry, man. It's it's amazing. And um, I guess I guess this is a very special project in my career, you know. That 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 changed a lot of things in my life. That opened opened a lot of doors 
you know, so yeah. So I'm very, very grateful. What's your uh, What's your dream collaboration? What's your dream project that you you want to work on? Well, this is I don't know, man. It, it was with Frank Miller. So I already <laughs> did it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but. I don't know. Uh, maybe do something with Tarantino, maybe <laughs> someday. Who like something animated or something live action or something or comic? Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, to be whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, shit, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. Whoa. Maybe can we? Not I always, want, I always wanted to see. Uh... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Maybe we can unite Tarantino with Josh Homme and I don't know Marilyn Manson. So right. uh, this is some, some <laughs> artists that I love. <laughs> I um, I always thought that there was a TV show or something like a you know like a hundred bullets or something, but with all of um. Tarantino's characters, you know, Mr. Blue, Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, yeah. like all of those different, yeah. all the different, uh, you know, guys in the black suits over the years, you know, I think that would be, yeah. I, that would be, a, that would be a show I would love. That would be a graphic novel I would fucking love. Um, yeah. Think about, yeah. think about that, man. Um, um, yeah, but, man, uh, I, I, I I had I had an idea the other day, and maybe mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's better to to stay in your show in your podcast before somebody has this idea. But I had <laughs> yeah, the exactly. idea of yeah yeah I, I had the idea of a prequel of Kill Bill, and the name is Bill Kill. It's the origin uh, the origin of Bill, you know how he became Bill and. This could be a project that I'll be I'll, I'll, I can do, you know. Like I would love to do. I love that. Love that yeah, because you could, you could you could include all those guys too. You can include all the reservoirs. Yeah, yeah, guys. yeah. Because Tarantino's universe, uh, you know, connects connects yes. uh, with themselves. Yeah, and um, and I'm I'm kind of. of, of very close to Tarantino because Frank is his friend and and Robert Rodriguez is his friend and uh, so maybe oh someday well, if they have the opportunity to meet him someday maybe I'll teach I say hey man I had an idea the name is yes Bill Kill <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my God that's fucking great man. I, I, yeah, yeah, man. I hope that comes. You, I hope when, that happens. Yeah, when you throw things in the universe, and you know, things yeah. like start happening. Okay, good segue because it sounds like. Are you taking a bong hit? What is that? A chicken? What's going on? <laughs> well, it's water. It sounds like you're taking water. a bong hit out of a chicken. Oh, it's water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's water. <laughs> Um, I so that was a good segue, man. Because I do this thing called the uh, Tales from Beyond the Veil on my show, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of artists 
who have, you know, supernatural experiences. Um, I definitely have witched on stars and fucking manifested all sorts of stuff in my life, synchronicities and, and uh, you know, following um, signs and stuff like that. So um, is there any kind of you, – you ever had any kind of, uh, you know, wild uh, – on unworldly experiences and in, in, especially in Brazil, I'm sure there's a lot of like a lot of UFO activity. Like you ever seen anything yeah, like not, that? Or? Yeah. When I was a kid, I saw an UFO. Nobody believed in me. Only the, it, it was, it, it was, we, we had in the size of my house, we had a construction happening, you know, they were building a, a new house and we had that. And, and there was, uh, an old man that used to to live there to take care of the 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 project, you know. And um, I used to go there with my dog at that time and to visit the old man. He was a very very good man. And um, and one of one of these visits, I I, I saw a, a people in the in the sky. Uh, it was like a triangle. Thing. It was very far, but I could recognize the, the 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 object. You know, like it was kind of triangle, and and he was rotating uh, while he was flying. You know, moving forward and uh, rotating. And every time he it rotates, it changes the color. You know, that was surreal, and I was like, "Fuck! What, what is happening?" And the old man was, oh yeah, this happens all the time. I, I see, I see these the, the things all the time here. And I said, fuck it, really? And I and I, I told to my friends, and nobody believed in me. So it's something that <laughs> people always think uh, think that I was lying about. <laughs> but that old man was yeah. there. He saw it with you, or, the old, or yeah, you, but the you... old man was there. But he he wasn't like even thinking it was something special. Like <laughs> it was kind of yeah. It wasn't like a really good experience for me. The 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 old man that was at my side. He he was oh that's nothing. It was no hey look maybe it's a UFO. UFO and um, and I, I talked to my uh, to my brother like hey hey I saw a UFO and he said all right and so even the the old man didn't believe in me so huh. <laughs> was that but the you know, only time that, that's ever yeah after after that I saw some of drawings or people describing UFOs and it was exactly the same thing that I saw so right. I'm pretty sure I saw it. Yeah, triangular craft. Um, yeah, that's a common one that that they talk about. It's like um, looks like a star destroyer, you know, like uh, from Star Wars or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, um, that's more, yeah, yeah. More, it was simpler. It was only like um, a triangle, you know, rotating in space. Like it was something weird. Right. Oh, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Very. It's almost like it's kind of like a cousin to a stealth bomber or something, right? 
Yeah, it was kind of a Doritos, you know? Like a Dorito, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Dorito, yeah. Flying the sky. Crazy. Was that the only time you had a UFO experience? That, that's just the once? Sorry, I didn't understand. That, you only, that was the only time you saw a UFO? Yeah, yeah, that was the only time. The only time. Interesting. I already, already saw some little light in the space, but right now I think it could be some drones or, I don't know, satellite, yeah. satellite. You know, but, but that, that time was different. It's hard to tell what we're looking at. If, if, it's, if it's military, you know, if it's our own military or if it actually is like an ET or if it is some kind of... Uh, yeah, secret I want, technology, I want to hologram. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I want to believe it. It was, it, it is some alien stuff, but it, it could be only some new technology, and they are testing. You know. Yeah, I was reading something about um, how there are um, more land. There's more land beyond the poles, and there was something like mm-hmm. there's uh, the way to get there is at the you, – you, you can travel from the southernmost tip of, of uh, South America, and then you just keep on going south, and, and, you'll, and you'll, you know, if you, with the right coordinates, you'll be able to, to find – Yeah, man. You, you know, when, when I saw – yeah, when I saw that, I was a, a kid. I had like 11 years old. Yeah. Life. And, and uh, it was a small, small town in, in South Brazil, you know, a very small town called Cachoeirinha. And uh, it could be, you know, like if, if you can test something, you go to the South Brazil in, a, in, in the sky of a small town and, you know, even the old man that lived there, he, was, he, he, he won't care about it, you know? That, that pretty happened. Like, the old man was, oh, I don't care, I don't know. Technology, you know? We're living some strange days, you know? Maybe he thought it was kind of new, I don't know, toy. Phew, <laughs> I was sneezing, sorry. <laughs> um... <laughs> um. Sneezing on the tr- sneezing on the truth, as they say. Uh, so you got to sing with like <laughs> with like old old dudes who were just like ah fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was seen it all before. Yeah, it, it, like like my my grandfather when he saw us uh, playing video games, he he didn't understand that. He said, eh, "You are controlling this this TV show. I don't understand." <laughs> Funny. He, yeah. Wow, he'd never seen that before, huh? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've seen a bunch of UFOs, man. I've seen a bunch of crazy... Really? What? Yes, yes. Um, never seen, like, an alien or anything like that, but definitely seen a bunch of UFOs. You know what's... Uh, and they're starting to release a lot of that information now, you know, um, yeah, to the public. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, um, you know, I, ever since I read the, the graphic novel uh, Watchmen, you ever read that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, everyone read Watchmen. The, uh, the yeah. false flag, false flag alien invasion that's presented uh-huh. at the end of Watchmen. That's got, that's something, you know, that's a conspiracy theory, a conspiracy theory that's been floating around. People worrying that, uh, you know, that's the next thing. After, you know, after COVID, we're going to start seeing the alien invasion, you know. Just really I would scare the shit it, out of man. me. I would love to see I, an alien invasion. I would love to see real aliens. That I would, I would be like, okay, that's it. I've seen it all. But if it's some yeah, yeah. false flag, if it's false flag, like, you know, hologram invasion, you know, that would piss me off. That would really piss yeah, me, me off. Too. Yeah, me too. You know, you're yeah. seeing a pandemic, you know, already. So it's a kind of something we we used to, to watch in the movies, like, all right, a pandemic, great, uh-huh. It was something that just happened in the in the past, like, you know, like in the, I don't know, uh, black, uh, how do how you call it? Black disease? Pecho Negra. How do you call that? From wait, the, wait, wait, what did you say that again? Foreshadowing, is that what you're talking about? No, from the rats, I don't know. Pecho uh, Bubonic, I don't know how to say this in, in English. Bubonic disease, I don't know. Oh, oh, the bubonic plague, the bubonic plague. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 the bubonic plague, yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we read about it, about a pandemic, but now we are living it. So it's some yeah. some kind of fiction. So I, I want I want the dragons too, I want the zombies, I want the, the aliens, not only the pandemic, you know. Now I want everything. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, like the fucking... <laughs> uh, the gods of the old. Fuck yeah. Like the, uh, well, you know, the whole thing about um, the Sumerians, you know, uh, ancient aliens, uh, the Anunnaki, Planet X, Nibiru, the return of Planet X, man. Those were, uh, I guess, you know, um, those were the original, or one of the original gods of old where the uh, the ETs stepped down from the sky and gave us knowledge and um, enslaved a lot of us and um, fucked with our DNA. You know the whole the whole uh, yeah. the ancient alien story. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. That... <laughs> That would be interesting you know, if that happened. A lot, a lot of people are saying that's, that, you know, that's a conspiracy. That's like, you know, that's that's it's going to happen soon. That's what they're saying. Yeah, people <laughs> we'll say that things that was, you know, as a baby, you know, but it, it, it's like the Christian saying that Jesus is coming back, you know? Right, right. They, they yeah. stay there for centuries and centuries, and and. Um, but I think they use these things as a distraction when, when the, I don't know, the, the world, the economic world is, is being kidnapped by something like COVID right now, you know? 
And I think they released those, uh, the, that information about the, the, the UFOs, you know, uh, as a distraction, I think. But, but people didn't get it, you know. Uh, they, they thought people would, would talk about it like a, a lot, but people wasn't too much interested in UFOs while people were dying from a pandemic, you know. Yeah, everyone's like the old man just being like, man, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, we were all old men. We are all the old man yeah. now. Jesus. Yeah, we are all the we've old men, yeah. We've seen it all. <laughs> we are all, we are all. So let, let me, let me the, ask you uh, one question. Like, at what, please. Um, how, how came this, 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 this comic books from you, you know, like you, you, you did it before already. Like, uh, I know you have three books coming, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got Moonlight. Yeah, uh, and, and I know you're uh, an actor. I know you work as an actor, but yeah. I didn't know that you were a comic book creator. So, how it happened? I, um, you know, unlike you, uh, who got in the door with your talent <laughs> as an artist. I got in the door because I, <laughs> I, you know, I'm an actor. So yeah. people were interested in what, you know, thank God, you know, I had some interesting content. But um, that was how I got in. You know, they were interested okay. in hearing what, they were interested in hearing what, what the Dan Fogler, the actor, had to say. But my first book was uh, Moon Lake. And that was, um, that came out in 20, uh, 2010, and that was like an homage to Heavy Metal Magazine and Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and uh, you know, real campy horror gore stuff. Um, and if you ever want to, you know, listen, any, anytime you want to jump on and do anything, you're you're totally welcome. But um, um, there's all sorts of nice short one, stories to to do in there. Um, yeah, that I, I created. I've always wanted to make comic books ever since I was a kid. I I, I learned to read like reading comic books and made made comic books when I was a kid. I drew I, I drew the comic books and uh, my brother wrote them at first and and as I progressed, I was like, wow, well, I'm an okay uh, drawer. I'm an okay penciler, but um, I'm a, I'm probably a better writer, so I just switched over to that, and mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know, F- Fishkill and Brooklyn Gladiator, very proud of those books because they're 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 serious. I'm not you know I'm not fucking around. It's not there's not a lot of comedy in it, um, and um, they're both uh, about what's happening right now. I started writing Brooklyn Gladiator because um, I was in New York uh, right around 9-11. When 9-11 happened, I was like 20 blocks away from it, and I just started questioning everything. And that's when I, that's when, you know, it 
the ideas really started coming together. And then I started writing it uh, around when you and Frank met. Like, I started writing it, like, right around um, mm-hmm. the elections, you know. And um, and I, so I wrote Brooklyn Gladiator because I felt like, oh, my God, if I take the headlines now and I just turn up the dial, what is that going to look like 20 years from now, you know? And, and, and I got this yeah. dystopian you know, crazy technocracy, uh, Orwellian. The name name is really catchy, Brooklyn Gladiator. Brooklyn Gladiator, yeah. Um, Thanks, man. Um, Yeah, that is an homage to, like, Blade Runner, Akira, like, all the things that I fucking, The Matrix, all the things that I grew up watching. And then as I was writing it, uh, as I was writing it, I was like, you know what? We're living the fucking sci-fi dystopian movie you know as we speak yeah, we, like right yeah. now <laughs> so that's why yeah, I, did are, the prequel. I was like so that's why i started writing fish kill and it's crazy it's it's prophetic you know it's I, I, that's, that's another thing i want to talk to you about is is when you when you write something and, it, and then it comes true you know when you write something and it's like it's crazy because you know we wrote it two years ago but and it's coming out in the next couple months, people are going to read it and they're going to be like, whoa, did you write this like two months ago? They're going to be like, well, what the fuck? Because it's, it's you know, ripped right out of the headlines. Um, and, um, you know, the only, we had Ben Templesmith as the artist, uh, who I love, but, you know, he's, he, yeah, know he doesn't him. work that personally. Yeah, he's great. And, uh, yeah, I love him too. And I, and he, he, the, I'm so proud of the book because, you know, sometimes like with you and Frank, there was that alchemy there. And I, I feel like, you know, knock on wood, we, we have that alchemy here with, with Ben and he really made it something special. And, um, and, you know, he doesn't work that fast. So that's the only way that people will know that we, we wrote it at least two years ago, <laughs> you know, but uh, oh, it's no. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Same with me, um, man. I, I, yeah. No, I find, I also work with Simon Beasley on Brooklyn Gladiator. Like, <clears throat> I find, and I'm sure in Frank, you know, <clears throat> when you're working with fucking inspiration and genius and artists and you can't rush that stuff, you know. It may take yeah, a long, long time, but if you let an artist flow and, you know, and they, you don't pressure them. You gotta give. You gotta give a. It, it's like a, making a diamond. You know. You gotta give them just yeah. enough pressure of a deadline, but you can't. You know, make him go nuts. You know, you have to make him. You have to keep him happy and excited about the project. And it's a. It's a. It's a fucking. You know, it's rough. I'm making Moon Lake. I had to. I had twenty. 20 at least twenty artists at a time that I had to. All those egos and all the. You know, balancing all that was was tough, man. Getting all yeah, those man, deadlines. I imagine. Yeah, but I love it. I love I love writing something, handing it to some you know genius artist that I've you know enjoyed their work my whole life, and then when I get it back, it's there's nothing like that. It's like you're. I'm, it's like I'm suddenly a kid again. You know, when you smell the paper, it's like oh my god, I. I made this. Yeah. You must feel that way. You must feel that way with yeah, your book. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Frank. Like, oh, my God. I fucking, I made this with Frank Miller. Like, oh, my God, man. That's incredible. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm just like, yeah, that was over the moon. I'm, I'm over the moon for you. <laughs> yeah, because he's just too surreal. When I when I see my name, you know, yeah. at, at his, his name site, you know, like it's, it's surreal. Like, fuck, man, kind of a yeah. dream coming. To, yeah, and uh, but you know, like it, it, it it's something that if you are an artist and you and you really love what you do, and you fucking believe that you can do anything that you dream, you know, I guess, I guess if, if you have this feeling, you can do, you know, you can achieve a lot of, a lot of different things in life, you know? And uh, I, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person, you know? Uh, I'm, if, if something is... is if I have a conflict, I, I never think like, oh fuck, it's a conflict. I, I, always, I always think like, yeah, man, that's a challenge. I can, I can do it, you know. And um, and this, this is the same with this next project, you know. And because I did this with with Frank, I am more confident of of the, the things that I'm creating that that I can when I can achieve everything that, that that I wanted with with this project, you know, I, I, I mean creatively because uh, there's a lot of things to create and recreate and there will be a big pressure, pressure uh, in this project. So if, if, if this project was happening before Frank, I don't know if I, was, if, if I would be so confident, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You have these milestones in your career, and you get confident. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You know, you just you, you keep building. I, I, I think you're a real, uh, really important voice um, in the comic book world. I, 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 I don't know what's what it, the future of comics is going to be, man. But I, I hope that I get to work with you a lot at some point, and I hope that uh, you continue on and. Don't change your name. I want you to. I want you to grow into your name, man. I want, I want you to be around for a long time. You know. All right, man. And, I'm not uh, changing my name. I'll be good. when uh, when when I be the grand when I be actually a grandpa. I'll I'll, I'll be Rafael Grandpa. It'll be like makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. You'll, <laughs> exactly. You'll. Uh, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, I. Uh, I'm going to put this out um, fairly soon, this podcast. Um, All right. And uh, I, uh, I hope you had I hope you had fun. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, man, I had a lot of fun. It, it, it seems like we, we know each other for a long time. It, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I had that sense as well. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a lot of my stuff. You know, what, you know, uh, you take it with a grain of salt whether you get to it or now or later. But I, I would love to to hear your thoughts either way. And I think that you would be brilliant um, uh, doing a run of uh, of Fishkill. I think. Um, it would be uh, incredible. I'm just putting that out into the world. Who knows what will happen two, three years from now. Hopefully we'll yeah, all still man. be here. That would be amazing. 
Send me, yeah, um, send me uh, everything you have, so I will, I will give you my feedback for sure. Awesome. Um, all right, brother. Listen, stay safe in Brazil, and and you know, as much as the the old men are just like totally apathetic about the UFOs, you should you should keep your head on the swivel, man. Just watch out for the UFOs. Right. I'm just telling you. I will. <laughs> I will promise. I promise, man. <laughs> all right. Okay, man. Thanks for having me. Like, send me the. Let me know when when you you release the podcast so I can put in my my. I can, you know, I can do some. I can post it in my Instagram account. And um, yeah. sweet, I'll tag you, man. You'll be the first to know. Hello. It's gone. He's gone! <laughs> that was fun. All right. Uh, goodbye, Raphael. Hey, man. Right. Oh, me? there you are. <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, okay, man. Okay. All right. He's back. Okay, man. Okay. okay. Be well, brother. Okay, you too, man. Take care. Okay. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a damn folk with 40 experience podcast. Holy shish, the Bob Batman. The world is ending. The penguin's on fire. The Joker has poisoned all the fish, and Aquaman can't stop the fucking glaciers from melting. I mean, what the fuck? All right. I've officially lost my uh, shenanigans. Uh, We got a really fun guy on the podcast today. I made friends with him on a movie that that, uh, didn't get finished. (laughs) But, um, yeah, he's, he's a fun guy. And um, he's been all sorts of stuff. Uh, James Woke. Holy shit. Holy shit. James Woke? <laughs> Man, you got good timing. <laughs> What's up, Dan? Dude, I was doing an intro, and just as I said your name, you fucking jumped on. That's pre- no precious. Way. Oh, yeah. Well, the synchronicities. Uh... <laughs> How the fuck are you, man? Dude, doing pretty well. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a you know unprecedented time right now, but um, you know, we're 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 holding we're holding together as a family, and uh, yeah. How how are you doing? You're in England, right? You're in, you're in yeah, the UK. Yeah. I'm in the UK uh, with the wife and the two little girls, and we're making the most of it, man. I mean, it's you know, it's chill here. It's, we got a nice little house and a garden, and you know, oh. they adapt. You got a little yeah. kid too. You got a little baby, right? Yeah, we we got uh, we got a baby. She's um, she's 13 months now, and then we have a three and a half year old son, and uh, you know, it's it's full on. Like they they just keep us so busy 
uh, nonstop. And, uh, and it, you know, it, I, I think the silver lining is we have spent so much concentrated, like, awesome time with them, um, which is both exhausting and also very feel very lucky to have that time with them. But, yeah, they, they're keeping us full-on busy. Yours are a little older, though. Your, your, your kids are, are, they eight, nine? Yeah, I got an eight, uh, and I got a four. Now, how's your hearing? How's your hearing going? <laughs> uh, I say that only because, only because I'm spending so much time with my, my daughters, who, who I love. But, um, you know, they often, they, you know, they like to high-pitch uh, squeal and scream in uh, daddy's ear, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I've lost about 80% of my hearing just hanging out with them on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, mine's, mine's different. So you're losing your hearing. My back is breaking because my three-and-a-half-year-old son is so active, and he's, like a, he's, oh like a, he's, so, he's so strong. He's like a little bull. And uh, I haven't changed any of the way I, like, handle him since he was a baby. Like, I still pick him up and, like, run around like he's a baby size. But now he's, like, dense and strong. And I, I wake up every day, and I, <laughs> I said to my wife today, I was like, are you taking – um, are you taking like Advil every day too? Like how bad is your back right now? Uh, so it's not my hearing. It's more my, my back, but yeah, I, I feel you. Something's going. Yeah. Something's going it doesn't good. go, it doesn't go away because they still want you to play like that, you know, and they still like, you're like, daddy, remember when you threw me up in the air? Why would you do that again? It's like, well, you're, 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 you're 20 pounds heavier. Like, what do you, we still want me to do that? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, I know. It, it's crazy, man. It's Cirque du Soleil over here. That's what we do. I, I use it for exercise. I basically, like, I'm trying to stay in shape, you know, because you can't go to the gym. So I've just been, like, you know, the kids yeah. are just like, you know, we want to play. No problem. Like, flinging them all over the place, you know. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, like, the, it's an amazing upper body leg workout every time I pick that kid up and put him in the air. Our daughter's, I mean, she's still, like, she's still, she's only a year. So she's, like, lightweight compared to him, but. Yeah, I feel you. It is exercise. It is painful, painful exercise. <laughs> James, James Woke. You know, you want to know what your name means, man? Yeah, I do. And what, what, uh, yeah. and what? I do this for all my guests. Like, I look up, like, the meaning, like, what their name means, you know, the etymology of their name. And I was just, I was actually wondering, like, how do you, like, <laughs> do you, how do you feel when, like, people are just, like, like, I'm woke. Are you woke? And you're just like, no, actually, I am woke. And they're just like, no, nah, man, you're not woke. And you're like, you're like, no, man, I, I, I am. I woke. <laughs> like, how do you feel like a whole gen, like, like a whole generation has <laughs> commandeered your. It's uh, commandeered my name. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it depends, and it depends on how you say it. Like, there's variations. Like my in-laws say, they definitely say woke. What woke? And I feel like my grandparents, right. may they rest in peace, on my mom's side. They were Elsons. That, my mom's maiden name is Elson. They would always say Wolk. But, like, the Wolks, we go, we hit that, like, L. We touch that L, like, deep down right. in our neck. So we say, we say Wolk. Or, it's like a Wolk. So it's a little bit different. But, yes, for the majority of people, it does sound like Wolk. Right. And I don't correct them. I don't, I'm not that person. I don't go, like, actually, <laughs> actually, it's Wolk. And they would go, what do you mean? Because no one can even hear that flight variation. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's so funny. Um, all right. So, okay. So, walk. 
is actually yeah. uh, means means wolf. Did you know that wolf in like uh, um, like Slavic or something? Uh, yeah. Did, did, did you know that? I, yeah. I did. I thought it was um, someone had told me that it was like wolf, and maybe in Russian, you know, like Eastern. Yeah, like right. like yeah, exactly. Wolf. Uh, yeah. And then you're James. You know what James means? I don't. No. Okay. It's so funny. Nobody ever knows what their names mean. It's brilliant. I love, I love doing this for people because they're just like, it's always like a magical thing. So you, James is like King James. And, you know, he's like, so it's, it's James means supplanter of the throne. I don't know how you feel about that, but your whole name is like a reference to Game of Thrones. Like, I can't even, like, your name is Supplanter of the Throne Wolf. Wow. My name is so much cooler. That is is so much cooler than me. My name is, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) What's your middle name? What's your middle name? I wish I I I felt like Supplanter of the Throne Wolf. Um, my middle name is, uh, is my middle name is Joseph, James Joseph. Okay. Wolf. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Joseph. Joseph. All right. I gotta yeah, look, what is it? I'll, I'll look that, I gotta look that up or someone out there. Yeah. Look it up. I've, I, I haven't yeah. had a Joseph on my show. Um, James Joseph. All right. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Joseph of, is now. Okay. So hold on. Yeah. Tell me, tell, okay. What were you about to say? What were you about to say? So a lot of family names in there. I know that uh, we had a Grandpa Jack, um, and so, like, on one of my family's sides, so that was something, uh, so the J sound. Actually, not a lot of family names. I guess just, there was a Grandpa Jack, so we got the J for me, <laughs> and, and then, you know, I obviously took my family's name. <laughs> so. Okay, Joseph. Whoa, dude. Joseph meaning Jehovah. Mm. Will increase Joseph is a name of Hebrew origins, origins Hebrew. Okay, so yeah. Joe, jo, form of Joseph, it's, it's a form of Jehovah. Jesus, wow. Wow. Joseph. Uh, God will it has, increase. That's what it means. God will increase. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. What, what a strong name. Supplanter of the throne. God will increase, wolf. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, dude. I, uh, Whoa. That, that's good. That's good. And you said there's a Hebrew <laughs> origin? There's a Hebrew origin? Yeah. Very, yeah. Everything's of Hebrew. Course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That makes sense. Daniel, uh, Daniel, my name is um, uh, God, God is my judge. Everyone's Ooh. got like a crazy, yeah, everyone's got like a wild fucking. Um, okay, so. I like that. Dwarf. You were yeah. you, uh, so you're Jewish. Okay, so yeah. okay, let me ask you a question because I had this yeah. growing up. You don't look Jewish, okay? The, okay, and I don't look Jewish. I look kind of Irish, especially when mm-hmm. my hair was lighter. Mm-hmm. And if I'm if I don't have a beard, um, especially right. when I was in high school, this, this happened to me a lot in high school where I looked like I was you know an Irish punk, you know, and I had a Brooklyn accent, and and that's what people thought I was. And um, yeah. so I would be in the middle of a conversation and someone would start saying kike and someone would start saying, oh, God. you know, Jewish slurs. And yeah. they were, you know, someone who I thought was my friend, you know. Wow. I mean, did, that kind of shit, did that kind of shit happen to you in your life growing up? Well, 
so the first part of it did. I, people, for some reason, never thought I was Jewish. They thought I was like Greek, or like because because you know like I don't know. I, I'm tall. I guess I'm. I, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Like the the dark hair. But that's. I don't know. Um, but they no. Well, I, you got like I, you know I, you got blue eyes. You got you got light eyes, right? I think. And yeah, you got, like, uh, like green eyes, hazel eyes. Yeah. Green eyes, um, and you have like a you, you look very uh you like you play the senator. Uh, we'll get to that later. But you like you look right. like a senator. You know, you look like right. when I say that you look like an all American. Like you like totally. You, like you like yeah. You look like you're from the Midwest. You know. People would go. People would go like. Um, they would go like, "You Jewish? Or you're you're Jewish?" And I'd go, "Yeah, yeah, I'm Jewish." And then they go, "Both parents?" And then I go, "Like, yeah, both. I'm Jewish." And then the final thing to get them, they go, "Were you bar mitzvah?" And I'd go, "Yes, I was bar mitzvah. I am Jewish." Um, so, but I never. Um, that being said, I un- thankfully, unlike your experience, which is, which must have been really eye opening. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't exposed to people saying like anti-Semitic stuff around me because they didn't know I was Jewish, um, when I was growing up, you know, I, and, but but maybe that's because I grew up in a smaller suburb and you grew up more in the city, right? You grew up in Brooklyn. So maybe that has something to do with it, but yeah. Yeah, Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, I grew up in Brooklyn and it was a mixed, every, every, you know, it was a mixed uh, pot there, obviously. And, um, and but I definitely remember on the school bus um, hearing that, uh, be, you know, being in situations, yeah, yeah. being in situations where um, I was in the middle of a conversation, sometimes with girls, you know, like like yeah. being like like think, thinking I'm hitting off with a girl, and then all of a sudden she finds out I'm Jewish, and it's like what the fuck, yeah, like you know, school ties, you know, or whatever the fuck, you know, I was, uh, yeah, I was that, I was that kid, man. And, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I, I, I definitely was, uh, I was just curious about that because, you know, because you look at your, you look at your, uh, you know, your bio and it's like, you, you were an M, you know, you were a bar mitzvah MC, you know? Oh yeah. Like I, like I love, like I have such a like a fondness in my heart for my bar mitzvah MC Scott Yanni, Scott Yanni, man. I will never forget oh that my guy. God. His he had the biggest hair I've ever seen in my life, and he made my bar mitzvah so fun. It was just so I fucking re- fun. I remember mine, Todd Levin. I loved him. He did my sisters, and then he did mine. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I feel you. Yeah, I love. Did you copy I, his I act? Did you co- did Did you copy no, his uh, I, spiel or like? I so I I was uh, I was bar mitzvah MC from when I was like fifteen to through living in New York after I graduated from theater school I I paid my bills by flying back and forth to Detroit Michigan where I had like the market share like people like I was a known bar mitzvah MC like I wasn't known in New York as a bar mitzvah MC so I would fly home on weekends to Detroit every weekend. And uh, MC Bar and Bemis come back to New York and, you know, what, do whatever we do when we graduate from theater school to pursue acting. And that's how I paid my rent in New York. So I did it for like seven years. And um, I, wow. uh, you know, I have like so, I mean, I have so, such fond memories of doing it. Uh, it was really fun. I mean, especially as like a, you know, like you, I love, like when I was 13, I loved going to Bar and Bat Mitzvahs. What can I say? I loved the little hot dog. <laughs> I, loved, I, I loved dance. I loved dancing. I'm not afraid to admit it. I loved like 
you know, fraternizing and the whole thing. So when I was like only two years older than that, for someone to go to me like, hey, by the way, remember that period in your life you really liked? We're willing to pay you to to do that and also hold a microphone. I was like, okay, this is great. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like did you do like – I'm not sure you did all the – like, you know, all the fucking Pepsi and all those fucking crazy games. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. I did uh, Pepsi yeah. Coke. I would, I would do, like, I, I would lead. <laughs> I, when I think about it, I would lead. <laughs> I would lead dances where, like, 200 people were following, like, you know, and I had, da- I had, wow, you know, there was man. a crew of us. So I, I was the barman. Dude, that is hysterical. Crew of dancers that were like you know party yeah, peppers and we'd go out there with glow sticks and get crazy. It was super fun. <laughs> did you have? <laughs> hold on. Did you have like? Did you have like a like a persona? Because my guy had he had like this shimmery rhinestone red like jacket that he wore. It was like did you have like a thing yeah. that you did or like you did? So when I first started, I was wearing rhinestone vests when I was like fifteen. Stop. Because that was like <laughs> you know. But then um. And that, and but it, but by the way, I didn't even bl- I didn't even I didn't even blush at it. I was like, yeah, of course I'll wear the vest. What oh my god, I love it. Wear? But then, but then as I, you know, got more uh, tenured as a bar mitzvah MC, I, I I made a strict choice. I'm like, I'm just gonna wear like a cool bl- <laughs> like a cool black suit and a and a tie. You know, uh, I I think in, in like in my like my 17 year old self was like, yeah, I'm gonna be like the Rat Pack bar mitzvah MC. Oh, um, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> did you did you sing? Did you ever like sing and dance for people or like? So, I didn't. I don't think I ever sang. I did say I was in musicals all through high school. So like that's how I what musicals? kind of fell. What musicals did you do? Um, so the first musical I did my freshman year of high school was Grease, and uh, I played Johnny Johnny Casino, the hand jive, you know, hand jive guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and that was a, that was a, that was like a big deal for like a freshman to actually get a song to sing. But we did like we had we had the most amazing dean and Sue Cobb, like the most amazing high school um, theater directors, and they were so wonderful. We did like Footloose. Um, we did uh, yeah, we did um, Once Upon a Mattress. Uh, why am I blanking? We did a bunch of really awesome stuff. Yeah. Was, yeah, that's the formative, you, those are the formative years, man. Yeah, w- were you also like high school into musicals right totally. from the get-go? Did you jump into the theater? Yeah, and, yeah. immediately. Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah. those were the sh- like that's where the those were the moments where you I, I fell in love with it. Where you suddenly uh, you know the audience you, you you learn what it's like to be in front of that audience, and they're either gonna love you or hate you because they're your peers, you know, so they, you know, they right. know you really well. And, and, um, if you do, if you do really well in those shows, man, you're like the, the fucking, you're like the king of the school for a day, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know, I, I mean, I, I'm aware and know that you had, you know, incredible experiences on Broadway. I was just curious if it started as early as like high school, middle school, or kind of when, when you fell into, like, when yeah. did you kind of get that theater, theater? When did you get that theater bug? Um, from the very first show I was in, I was I was uh, cast as 
uh, Randolph McAfee, they, they cast one sixth grader in the high school fucking show. So I was like, whoa. I'm no no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I was Randolph McAfee in Bye Bye Birdie, and I was supposed to be you know, awesome. the one kid in the show. And it was crazy, man. It was, that was wild to be it was like with all those high school kids. And, and, but no. I was terrified. I was terrified walking out the front. The first uh, scene, I come out, and I'm supposed to give my dad seven up at breakfast for some reason, you know. So I'm off stage, and I'm yeah. fucking shaking. I'm literally shaking. I can't. My legs are like I can't move. I'm, I'm having stage fright and somebody somebody backstage like literally like kicks me on stage like, get the fuck out and, I, and, and I get pushed out and people look at this look on my face and they see like oh that was like here's a natural moment this kid just got kicked out on stage and he's like staring at everyone and they start laughing you know so oh, then I walk God. over I walk over to the um my dad and I'm still looking at the audience. Like, I'm looking for my mom and dad. I'm like, oh, my God, I need an anchor here. I'm about to fucking faint. And I give my dad the soda, and he opens it up. And because I was shaking, it, it fucking explodes all over him. There's fucking soda everywhere, okay? Uh-uh. And the guy looks at me. He looks at me like I, you know, like I, I planned it, you know. And everyone's – and I die fucking – no way, you know. I'm just like – but it worked, for the scene because he was supposed to be angry and for, for the first time he had genuine anger and I had genuine like fear and then I heard the fucking audience and they were cracking up and I looked out and it hit me like a wave. Their laughter hit me and I was like, wow, I like this. I like that. And it was crazy. Uh, it came out of a, a moment of total fear. So let me ask you a question. Wow. You, were, uh, you were in Mad Men. That was, that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite shows, and uh, I don't know. I would love to hear what your experience is on that show, but um, I uh, yeah. I have a start, I have a really like funny story about Matthew Weiner. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you oh, want to hear him. that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Way. I do. Uh, you want to hear it now? I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, please. so I'm at the Chateau. Uh, uh, Marmont, right? Marmont, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm staying in a room, and I was I was I I was uh, I had stayed there a couple times before, so they they kind of knew me there. And I check in, and they say, "Hey, there's a there's a party tonight, and you're on a balcony, and you're right over the party, and here's a you know here's a a invitation to the party if you." if you want, because they're basically going to be, like, so loud that they're in your room. So I was like, oh, great. Right. So, right. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, right. and I, I look out the balcony, I look down, and, you know, the entire restaurant outdoor area is filled with the fucking, uh, I think it's the Vanity Fair party or, like, a, yeah, the Vanity Fair or Vogue party, something like that. Something super cool. And, like, something super chic. Something super cool and super glitzy, and I just, like... <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, I don't have, I don't have a tuxedo. Like, what the fuck? What am I gonna do here? So I said, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna act like I'm literally crashing the party, and I'm gonna come down in my robe and my pajamas with huh. like a mug, with my mug, and just like walking down, just being all, "Will you people keep it down?" You know, like I said, like, like I do that. No. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh. Oh. 
Some people laughed. Great. And then I, after a while, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm just at a Vanity Fair party in my robe. <laughs> it's like, I'm ridiculous. <laughs> and where everybody is just trying to look beautiful, I look like the fucking Big Lebowski. Good for you. So just, Hell yeah. 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 So here's my so here's my Matthew Weiner story. So it's a crowd, a sea of who's who, you know. And I'm baked. Baked. Because I was like, that's right. the only way I'm going to be able to, like, brave this thing. Whoa, right. I'm baked on. And I just landed, so I just like, got the, the L.A. weed. So I'm just like, hello. And right. I, I'm in a crowd, and I turn around, and I'm face-to-face with Matthew Weiner, the creator of uh, Mad Men. Of Mad Men, yeah. And it's loud, and it's crazy, and his music playing. And he looks at me. And he says, oh, my God, Dan Fogler. And I go, holy shit, yeah, Matthew Weiner. And he goes, you know, um, I saw you in the Spelling Bee show, and I love you. You should come and audition for Mad Men. And I said to him, and this was my vernacular at the time, I said, yeah. oh, my God, that would be fucking ridiculous. Okay? Yeah. And I, lear- and I learned that that vernacular – if you don't know what the fuck I'm saying, will piss people off. Because his reaction was, um, no, I don't think it's ridiculous at all. Uh, never mind. And he fucking walks away from me in the crowd. And I'm trying to let oh, me like, wow. no, 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 no. Right, you were just, you were, you were just, you were just kibitzing. You were just shooting the shit. Yeah. I was saying... Oh my God, that would be fucking ridiculous in the sense that it would, would be love amazing. To. I would love to. But he heard fucking uh, ridiculous and he thought, I don't think it's fucking ridiculous. That happened oh, to, me in, to me another time. Oh my God. I was, uh, I said, I, 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 someone came up to me and they're like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, can I get a, it was a stranger. They said, hey, can I get an autograph? Um, I, and I said, I literally said it again. Oh yeah, that would be fucking ridiculous. No problem. And then they and they said, they said, I, it, 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 I don't think it's ridiculous. And I was just like, no, 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 no. And and I I fucking so ever since then I don't use ridiculous as a positive. I don't use it. Mm. I know I, yep. I know a lot of people were doing doing it at the time, but it fucking cost me an audition for Mad Men. Is it uh, hysterically horrible? But hey, yeah. you know, whatever. No, that is how, that is that is hysterically horrible. <laughs> how was your? How was like, your? Uh, right. I get it. But I feel like I used to. I, I mean, feel like. Yeah. You ever have something that you said that like? Oh yeah. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Like just something that I was emphatic about, and I used some vernacular that was that was felt familiar to me, but just didn't translate. And I can't recall, but yeah, hundred percent. I get that. I get that. Let me ask yeah. you a question. Yeah. When you were at, when you were, we'll get back to Batman in a second and, and your experience yeah. on that show or whatever, you know what? But when you yeah, when I had, you I had a great. Guy, I'm happy to talk about my experience. I, I had a great experience. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Now, tell me. Tell me <laughs> yeah. about. Like so what, what I was, was like like I I love that time period, man. Like. I know. Tell me. So cool. I, I do too. I almost felt like I, I like, I just, there's something, you know, it's so romanticized, you know, like the, the, again, like that rat pack, you know, the suits, everyone's dressed up, right. everyone looks 
you know, like looks dressed to the nines, that whole era of like um, the ad men, that whole thing's so cool. So I, I um, basically, my agent, uh, my manager uh, was like, she's like, we, you know, there's a new role on Mad Men and, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to go, go audition and, you know, they, they, it's, it's going to be for Matthew and for, for casting and for Matthew and that team. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever told this story, Dan. I've never told this story. So I, uh, I was, I was obviously psyched, right? Cause what a cool show. Cause it was, I joined on the sixth season. I was there for six. And then all of six and part of seven. So, it, you know, it had been out for a while and it was, you know, it, like it, it was what it was, you know. And, um, and I, I can show say up. this. I can say this because I know you. I know you and you're like fucking charming as hell. Uh, but you were fucking like creepy on that show. You were like fucking, yeah. Thank you. You were like, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think that was the go- I think that was the goal. Everyone's collective yeah, yeah. goal. Um, or just like duplicitous, like a little bit of, a, I, I compared it to like a incredible Mr. Ripley a little bit, kind of like something behind oh, the eyes. Totally. Of the fight. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Dude, that is perfect analogy. Yeah. Because you're just like, but when oh, I, how uh, could this guy do, you're like, how could this guy do anybody harm? You know, <laughs> and he's just fucking conniving. Totally. But when I auditioned, I had no, I did not know that that was the character. Right. So I showed up. And, um, you know, I, I you had my sides as we, as we do, you know, when we're preparing for something. And I was kind of just glancing at them in the hallway before going in to read for like Matthew and the whole group. And then I just thought to myself, you know what? Like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to look at these sides anymore. I don't want to be in that headspace. The headspace I want to be in is just like loose. It's like 1960s. So I, I, I went to my, I, I think it was my iPhone, and I put on a, like a Dean Martin Pandora playlist. And I stepped into the stairwell, and I just started dancing to uh, like some like old fucking Dean Martin crooner shit. And just was like jamming, dancing, just feeling it. And then they came out and they said like, uh, James, we're ready for you. And I think I was like half in the stairwell, half out, and I just, took my, you know, my iPhone, my I, um, headphones off and walked in and I did the scene and, uh, and they said, okay, you know, I, I think they, you know, they gave me some notes. Uh, Matthew gave me some notes and I did the scene again and then they were really nice. I said, thank you very much. And I went to leave and I think I was so uh, excited, nervous, whatever it was, that I couldn't get a firm grip on the door to leave. It was like one of those old doors, you know, like when you go to an old soundstage, the doors remind you of like old doors from high school that weigh like 500 pounds. It's like, it, it's yeah. like they're on like, you can barely, you know, it musters everything in you to open and close them. I couldn't get the handle. So I'm literally sitting there, my hand's on the handle and I can't get the door open. So I turned around and I just said to everybody, I said, I promise, I promise I know how to open a door. And I, and I finally got it open. I think I got a little bit of a laugh, unintended. I was just trying to make an excuse for why I couldn't leave the room. And uh, left and then found out shortly thereafter that I got the role. So it was kind of an interesting experience. But, but then once I got the role, it was, it was great. I, I joined the show and I learned about the character as it went. They intentionally, which I think is great. I don't often prefer this because I like to, I'm like a nut when it comes to preparation. But they kept me in the dark as to where it was going enough 
that I could kind of, I knew enough to play the character, but not enough to get ahead of it. You know, that weird thing where you start playing, you start hinting towards maybe accidentally what the character is going to become. And uh, it's really present. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. um, I did that for uh, The Walking Dead, the first season, season nine, because I I was supposed to, uh, my head was, I thought, because in the comic books, my head ends up on a pike, right? So yeah. I thought um, I thought it would be cool. And I, that, I was like doing a little foreshadowing with my costume. So I, 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 had a, I had a blazer, and if I flipped the collar up, I would flip the collar up whenever I was like scared I was going to die. And it had a red yeah. ring around it. So it would look like oh, that's I awesome. had... Uh, well, my head was going to get chopped off, you know, whatever, poetically, yeah. poetically yeah. in the fabric. Sometimes it's fun to do that, you know. I don't know if you know you're going to die. Yeah. Why not? Why not oh, fucking? Yeah. Why not? You know, do a little nod to it. But uh, but I didn't die, so whatever. It's a, right. It's <laughs> um. So okay. So man, I I always I always wonder if I didn't if I never said. That was fucking ridiculous. If I would have been on that show and what I would have been on that show, and what my yeah, it's so fucking weird the way careers go, you know, sliding oh, doors. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? And then I would have maybe met you then. You know, we we were like destined to meet at some point. You know, uh, because there I, are a I couple do, things I here where, yeah, um, because also billions. I was supposed to be on billions. So there's like a couple things where we. You know, cross the cross lines there. How was your billions experience? I, I was my experience. I'll tell you, um, it was very short. I I did one scene. We shot one scene. I was supposed to be um, the. I think he was Hasidic. He was a Hasidic lawyer. And, okay. Um, and he's. A, I guess he's a big part on the show now. Um, Irish, Irish was, Hasidic lawyer, or just Hasidic lawyer? <laughs> uh, uh, no, a uh, Hasidic, Jewish Hasidic lawyer. Oh, no, I was just kidding, because earlier you said you looked... Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right, right, exactly. <laughs> I thought you didn't hear me. Uh, yeah, no, that's funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no. He uh, And I shot this great scene with the um, the lead guy. Um, oh, what the hell is his name? The young guy. The, he's, he's a tall Irish guy. <laughs> he's, he's tall Irish. Uh, the guy yes. who's like um, the bodyguard, Damien, whatever. Damien. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, no, 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 not Damien, not Damien. The uh, the um, the guy who is, uh, I guess. Kobe um, Leonard Moore. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's yeah. done some. I think he was. In, I think he was like. Uh, he's done some Terminator movies, right? He's done a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was John Connor, like bad John Connor in a movie, I think. Uh, oh, it's so. Great. Yeah, I, I did a scene with him, and it was so fun. And I was like in this barber chair, and I was like, tell him how it is. And, and then I got Fantastic Beasts. And I was just like, wait, can I do both? And they were like, no, Fantastic Beasts is in first position. We want to be able to use you whenever we want. We certainly don't uh, want you to have a mustache, you know. <laughs> we were like, oh, fuck. Right. So, they, yeah, so they had to re- they had to replace me with the guy, you know. But I, I, I really liked that role. Um, they had to replace me with That's- the guy who it is, who's – Cast. Now, how, how was your experience on that show? That's great. By the way, that's a great 
problem to have is when that happens. Um, yeah, yeah, no shit, no shit. Um, my experience was good. I, you know, I was uh, mine was quick as, as well. I basically was doing another show. Um, I was doing another show called Zoo. I did it for three years. It was like a big, fun summer event series based on a James Patterson novel. And um, I was doing that show up in Vancouver. And we uh, were on hiatus. And one of the creators of that show um, was, uh, was good friends uh, with, the creators, with the creators of Billions. And uh, like Koppelman and, and David Levian, uh, they were friends with, with the creator of, of my show. Um, and uh, it was uh, basically like they, they got like he, he emailed me and they kind of like reached out through him. And they were like, we just have this fun role. And I was on hiatus. Like, do you want to come play in the sandbox with us? And uh, of course, like, I, yeah, of course, you know. And it was kind of the perfect thing. To go, you know, when you're doing a show, you can't do another show. So it was kind of the perfect thing to go to be able to, to play in their sandbox. And so I went. I had some really fun scenes with Maggie uh, Siff, who's, who's awesome. And, you know, I played like an Elon Musk type dude who ends up ultimately, ah. flying, who ends up ultimately flying in his own spaceship and exploding. So it was like the most amazing, Whoa. like, it was like the most amazing, crazy death uh, until I had, uh, it was like just a fun little thing. So yeah, it was fun. It was quick, but, um, but I had a good time. Wow. They were nice people. And Maggie, who my stuff was, was with, was just gracious and, and lovely. Um, shit, I want to see that. I'm like halfway to, through all, like all of these seasons. Like it's fucking, when, do, when does that happen in the season? When do you, when, when do you blow up? <laughs> Well, I went, I know, I went, um, I went and did, I think I finished season two of my show. I went and did that, went back to the last scenes of my show. And then that's when I, I was, they were like, and your character's blowing up in a spaceship. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. <laughs> and then I was filming, and then I was filming my show. But it was, it was fun. Did, I mean, it was fun. It was. How did they film you know. that? Was it off camera or, or like? How did yeah, they, it was off camera. I. Uh, I, 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 it was off camera and he was like, I think you just saw like the news clip of him like going right. up in, in, like into the sky. It was highly emotional. I think for, for, for Maggie or, or the characters on the show. I don't, I don't know, but, uh, that's cool. I mean, not for her, not for her. I'm sure she as an actress was fine, but I think her character was affected by it because they had some sort right. of, I don't know, something, something was going on. <sighs> Let me ask you yeah. something. You, um, so you, you were on Crazy Ones with Robin Williams, who's, like, my favorite. And mm. I'm, that was probably, like, I mean, I assume it was, like, a strange time to be on set with him because uh, it was right before, you know, he left us, mm. right? Yeah, so, but, totally. But, but if I was, I mean, I listen, I, I would have fucking, <laughs> I would have bought tickets to his, no, that's crazy to say. No, I would have, I would have fucking, I, I love the right. guy so much, you know, and I, like, I fucking, so what was it like working with him? That experience was, um, that, that experience was, was formative. It was, um, it was, working with him was like, it was cathartic. 
it was formative. It was uh, like going to, uh, it was like getting an MFA for me because uh, I graduated from an undergraduate program, but like I felt like that year with him truly, and I, I mean, I, you know, I won't bore you with all the details, but, but truly like not just lip service, working and working and watching him, watching like I was with him. It was a dream come true. I, 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 you know, we worked together as did the entire cast because it was like a big comedy. So we were always together in scenes. And so we were with Robin and the other characters. It was like um, uh, Amanda Seton and Hamish Linklater and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, who played his daughter, him and myself. And we were together all day, every day, five days a week uh, for eight months. And it was, it was beautiful. And he was beautiful. He was kind. He was without any ego. Um, and if you, it kind of seems like a weird dream now. If you say to me like, yeah, you worked with Robin every day, five days a week for eight months. I would think you were talking about someone else because I still can't believe I had that experience forgetting, you know, being on a show and like what that means. And that's great. And that's exciting as an actor and all that stuff. Just being in his proximity and getting to learn from him and work with him was, uh, was a gift. And he was just so kind. And, um, and I didn't really even process the whole experience until a while after he uh, passed away um, because it was such, it was two surreal things. It was going and getting to work with him every day. And then it was him shortly after, you know, uh, as you so eloquently put it, leaving us. And I couldn't, my mind, my human brain couldn't compute either of those things for a little while. And then a little while later, I did process it. And uh, it's just unbelievable that I, I feel so grateful to have had that experience. Yeah. yeah, I think about him, I think about him a lot, man. Like, I, like, I grew up watching him and... Um, Jonathan Winters on Mork and Mindy. I mean, it was crazy yeah. that, you know, that, that show was, you know, it was like a sitcom. It's so silly, you know, whatever. Yeah. But them, yeah. them together um, doing, uh, imp- imp- just going off and improvising and doing that when they're running film and, they're, and it's mm. like, fuck it, this guy, it was like, this guy is, oh. this guy is special. This guy's an anomaly. But fucking, he's running circles around fucking Jonathan Winters, you know, he is, who was like a, you know, the, the pride of improv. So, like, yes, yes. To have it, having him as a teacher at such a young age, it was like, he it was like watching, he was like watching cartoons, you know. He was, and yeah. you, you couldn't keep, I, it was, I, I don't know if you ever saw him live. You ever saw him do comedy? I've seen, it's, I've um, watched so much of his stand-up. I haven't seen it, but I've yeah. watched it on like YouTube or on TV or his old HBO specials. It's unbelievable. He's electric. When you're there, when you're there and it's live and you're in oh, the Oh, you saw him live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are just, ro- I saw him on Broadway and, and people were just laughing, like rolling in the aisles, you know, as they say, like, ah, they were rolling out. No, people were fucking hunched over laughing, cramping because they, they couldn't get a breath. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just looking around, smiling. Yeah. I, couldn't, I, I, was, I couldn't get the smile off my face, and it was the energy, the energy in the room. And this was him, you know, you know he was like in his 50s already, 60s. And oh, yeah. he's, doing his, he's doing his thing. And I was like, what, what if you saw him at the Met? You know, what, 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 what was it like to see him in his prime? 
And I just remember my face hurt. My face hurt, and I was just like, oh, my God, I, I'm laughing. I know I'm laughing, but the jokes are, it's like machine gun fire. It's, it's, I know they're hitting my fucking cerebral cortex, but I am not. I'm getting every other fucking joke here. You know, I can't, wow. like, wow. your brain, your brain, my, my brain, I, I couldn't keep up, you know. I could not keep up. And, and you'd look around, and you're like, there's no way everyone's keeping up. But it's the, it's the, he's a shaman. He he was a fucking shaman. It was it was his energy, man. His fucking oh. energy. He he would yeah. It, it was crazy to feel that. And man, I would have loved to work with him. Or, uh, you know, it was anyone who got to work with him, I'm jealous. He he. It was it was so it was so cool. It was just so amazing. And you know, it's like we're talking about him as a comedian, and then in the same in the same sentence, you you think about his dramatic roles, and you're like, yeah, what what <laughs> like what. No, I modeled my, like, if anyone ever asked me, like, you know, who do you, I was like, I was like, I'm somewhere between, you know, people were casting, people were like, you know, who do you want to be like? I was like, I'm like, I'm somewhere between John Belushi and Robin Williams. Like, I, like, I wanted to, I wanted to be that. I was like, you know, in the sense, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not as quick as fucking Robin Williams. No one is as quick as him. But, you know, in the sense of that, I want to be able to make, I want to be able to make them cry and laugh in the same scene, you know. And I want to be like known for that. And he's known he's known for that, you know. You that's a perfect like him, touchstone for you by the way. Yeah. Him in the uh in yeah. the Fisher King was like he was like yep. otherworldly, you know. Yep. Um anyway, yeah. so uh what he by the way, the okay. lesson like the greatest acting lesson that I learned from him for me yeah. was like seeing his access to his impulses and seeing his ability to stay present and just follow, just follow. Like he, I feel like he followed the present moment and he followed his impulses and he didn't, he didn't pre-plan anything. He didn't think about the way anything should go. He was, he, he, he had access to his full human because of how present he was. And when I saw that, I went like, okay, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to do more of that fucking awesome if we get past armageddon someone should do the robin williams movie right yeah the yeah fuzzy chested mime in central park <laughs> you know all the way to the fucking i know i know Noose. what a role that Jesus would be fun. what a fucking, you gotta you gotta play a, it Ah, uh, well, I gotta get in shape. I'm trying to get in shape, man. <laughs> I would go around my house, and it's like fucking, you know, Rocky Four, where he goes to Russia, and <laughs> it's cold here. But I'm using like cinder blocks. I'm like lifting cinder blocks. Wow. Fucking yes. I'm trying to get, trying to, yeah, trying to beef up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to be ready for the apocalypse. Yeah. So, um, so okay. So you were in a movie. You were in a movie that a million people auditioned for. <laughs> it was like I like you could ask any young actor in their thirties and forties now, I guess, who are out wow. there. They must have auditioned for the Stanford Prison Experiment, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, 
And then you, they, you guys actually made that movie. That movie was, for like years, they were like... Uh, oh, right. It, it, it tried it different ways. So many ways. Right. So you actually right. forgot made that about movie. That. Yeah. <laughs> were you a cop or, or were you like a... It was like a... I, I, uh, I was, yeah. I was, I was, it was a, drama therapy. I was a, it was like uh, drama therapy. The idea of the movie is like drama therapy gone wrong, right, or something. Yeah, and, the idea okay. of the movie, yeah. right? So you have, um, God, his name is escaping me. You had this um, like psychology professor up in Northern California who wanted to do an experiment. What happens when you have prison prisoners and prison guards, and just the just when someone takes on a certain role, how that affects their personality? And so he took like 20 students, by the way, this is so insane. It would never happen now, but it was like in the seventies, he took like 20 students and they put them down. I mean, this is a real story. And they put them down and like, they like made their, like the basement of this building up in this campus, like a jail. And then they had like half the students be prison guards, half the students be prisoners. And it was a social experiment in like how that would work. And it went completely awry. And, um, and I played one of the grad students, who was kind of monitoring the whole thing, who kind of had his hand a little bit in being like a guard. I think there was a couple of scenes where I was like walking around eating an apple, pretending to be like an asshole to the prisoners. But then I was also like monitoring it with um, I, like my scenes with Billy Crudup because he played the psychologist and I was one of his grad students. We were like researching this together with a couple other um, actors. And then there was all the, then there was all the prisoners and the prison guards that were all students um, and it was, yeah, it was wild. We made it out here. Um, uh, Kyle Alvarez, uh, who's an amazing director, an amazing guy. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to meet him, but he is such a cool, like, artistic dude. Anyways, he directed it. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. It was like, and then people texted me, like, this is freaky, man. Like, I couldn't, some people couldn't finish it when they watched it. Some people were really, like, it messed, like, it was just messed with their head too much. It was dark. Yeah. Yeah, it's, dis- it's disturbing. It's disturbing. These it's kids, disturbing. These, like, it's disturbing. College, college and grad kids, grad school kids, they unravel. It's like Lord of the fucking flies, you know? It's crazy. I, I, yeah. That, my audition for that we was were, insane. Oh, I could. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I auditioned so, for, not for that one. I auditioned for like a, a version five years before. Like, yeah. Wow. And, it, and then it just never came together, the one, that, the five years earlier one, right? Didn't get the funding that or something. That thing was going around for, for. That thing was going around for for must have been since the seventies. They were tr- they were trying to make that movie for a long fucking time, man. I'll tell you, uh, that, that, that thing has been in like that thing has been in circulation for a long time, and I'm like, like holy shit, wow. they made that movie with fucking Billy Crudup, unbelievable. Um, He's amazing. I gotta yeah. see it now. I gotta see it. Yeah. Um, Dark. Okay, so. Okay, so now Senator Joe Keeney Jr. in The Watchmen. Yeah. Let's talk about The Watchmen yeah. for a second. Yeah. Um, the Watchmen is well. Were you were you a fan of it's 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 prophetic. It is prophetic, yeah. and I felt like while I was while I was watching the series, even though, and I'm halfway through it, so don't spoil it for me. But uh, I'm halfway through everything. Um, but um, it 
was strange. I felt, you know, you're, you're watching an updated spin-off of the comic book and, and that, in, the, in the movie, in, in that universe. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's fucking Lindelof. It's, I love Lost. I fucking, you know, that's my... Oh, yeah, he's amazing. That's my fucking jam. I fucking love Lost. Um, and so then... Um, but... You have there was a lot of people that were fans of that of the original series, the comic book, right? Um, who were really turned off by because Rorschach is like one of my favorite characters, and to see that he had been commandeered by white supremacists, right? Right. Or that right. that whole that whole KKK thing, you know? Right. And then, they um, they all wore Rorschach masks, right? Right. Uh, and then to see where it was going, and then, and then to see the world that we're living in now, and how oddly, wildly prophetic the original comic book is. I know. And the series is. Are you a fan of the original comic book? Or did they make so, you read it for the for the? I read it once. I. Once I had the role, I had not I had not read it, which um, I now realize how much I was missing out on. But I had not read it until I until I had the role. And by the way, I thought it was going to be like I knew it was important, and I knew it was going to be you know more than your average comic book. But to, I mean, I sat down to read that thing, and that took a long time because it's just so rich and so smart and so dense. But yeah, I read it once I got the role. I don't know what I don't know what I was doing. I was emceeing bar mitzvahs. I don't know why I missed that comic book uh, earlier in my life, that graphic novel. But it wasn't until, yeah. I, oh, I, I missed it too, man. Like I was into comic books, but at that time I was into like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was not reading. Yes. Watchmen, like, like the Watchmen. I, I flipped through and I was like, wow, this is. Dead. It was like my brother's, my older brother's book. It was on his shelf. Yeah. And I was like, man. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, there's whole sections where it's just fucking. Pros, it's just fucking, you know, uh, like a news strip. I can't read this shit. I need pictures. Right. You know? And, <laughs> right. uh, you know, like, you know, but, and, I, and I didn't find it until uh, much later. Like, I found it in, in college. And I was like, you know what? Let me fucking read this. And That's awesome. That would have been a cool time to find the, it, too. Yeah. That was, like, my real first taste of, like, uh, conspiracies. Because I, I started watching movies. Um, like JFK and, and like just, you know, Conspiracies 101. And I say that about Watchmen because, I mean, I don't know where you stand in that whole world, you know, wherever, but I, I love to go down rabbit holes. But uh, Alan yeah. Moore, um, mm -hmm. who wrote um, Watchmen and yep. uh, wrote, you know, League, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, was... I think he was a Mason, Freemason, or ex-Freemason, or basically oh, wow. a, like a whist, like a whistleblower, and it's in his work. You know, he, he's mm. uh, he alludes to it. The, the Freemasons are the, I guess the the villains, uh, but also like the, the secret hand manipulating everything in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, mm. So, and and if you read Watchmen, the comic book. It ends with a huge conspiracy that's out now, which is the false flag alien invasion. Okay? Right. 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 
so right. uh, and then okay, so now you have it's years later, and at the beginning of this new television series, The Watchmen, there's little squids falling from the sky. You know, that's that's like it's amazing right. the evolution, right? And um, and and the way they, I'm halfway through the season, and it, and it's like they're, it's like it's just like tail. It's nothing that the, it's just like ah fuck locusts again or you know whatever the fuck. It's like the, it's not a big deal, right? In in the Watchmen universe, right? And watch me. By the way, you're halfway through the season, so you have some really amazing yeah. episodes coming up. Wow. I know, okay. I know. Oh yeah. yeah, no, that's that's cool. I wish that I I could watch those episodes with fresh eyes, because um, it was just they're just he's such a Damon is such a genius in the. But anyways, um, but you know, man, you uh, know, it's like you have you have kids, and it's like if I get yeah. to watch half an hour of like the news, and I don't get to watch anything that I want to watch. You know, the, I'm on the, the television comment, the end of, commandeered yeah. by fucking Sesame Street. Yeah, people will saying? go like, "What are you?" People will go like, "What are you watching now?" And I'll be like, I, "Watching. I'm just trying to stretch at night so that I can get out and, <laughs> and be able to chase the kids around. Like I'm, I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl. It, 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 like I, there's no, yeah, watching. What do you think this is? By the time I get those kids down, I'm on the ground. So I get it. Yeah, uh, exactly. and it's 100, 100 percent. Um, yeah, yeah. So when the, when the show opens up, there's the squids are raining down. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I want to say it, but I don't want to give anything away. But yeah, it's normal now. There's like squid rain that happens and they think it's from yeah. terrestrial beings. Yep. And so, so where I'm going with this is that they commandeered Rorschach, but I, I find mm-hmm. that now I look at it and I'm just like, that is a very interesting move, you know? Um, and I'm wondering... I'm just, I'm wondering, I don't know what your feeling is, but I, if, if, I, I wonder if he had a crystal ball that he knew that, that we were going to hit um, a, a racial uh, barrier uh, mm. very, very soon after the Watchmen came out. And I, and I, I just, I'm, you know, it's another... Like, it, it, how did he predict that? You know, how did he know? How did he know to? How did he know to make it about that? You know, it's. I think it's a testament to his. Uh, I think it's a testament to his intelligence and to his um, awareness of kind of what is happening in our country. And his, uh, and his, um, you know, want and need to to highlight those things, like in using the show um, to to bring, you know, the 1921. Um, have you have you gotten to that episode yet? The the Black Wall Street, where there's the the, uh, the massacre occurs. Oh, God, uh, there's yeah, a really yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, and, you know, his his, uh, you know. He felt it was important as it was because now it's it's part of the cultural conversation of what happened in Oklahoma in 1921, and I th- I think he just it was a testament to his intelligence and his want to bring awareness to things and you know use the show on top of so many other things as being entertaining and, and wonderful, but as a Trojan horse to uh, to discuss you know these things and and um, 
it is, you know, it's, it is so timely with what's happening right now. It's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. I just wonder if these guys, uh, whether they have inside information or they're just tapping into the collective. Like, I, like, I yeah. don't have inside information. I, I, I certainly don't have inside information. I'm just looking at the headlines and, you know. Yeah, I think I, he's just tapping I, into if, the collective. If you, yeah, if you, um, if you look at my comic books now, they're, they're riddled with, you know, you, you'd think I wrote it yesterday. But, um, I, I'm, you know, there is just an interesting connection with um, this whole fucking thing being scripted and the, and the artist trying to warn us, you know. Um, I'm, uh, I'm just paranoid like that. You don't sound like well, you I are. also think, you know what? I think, I think, unfortunately, history repeats itself um, yeah. until we can, you know, all uh, wake up enough to stop that from happening. And um, I, I think, uh, you know, that's unfortunately what we're living through right now. And, and hopefully this is a time of, of change. But um, so I think that's, you know, I just think it's timely that that, that show that Watchmen you know, brought this to the forefront and the fact that we're, you know, living through what we're living through right now is, um, yeah, a lot of people have said it's unbelievable how timely Watchmen was, but I think, again, history unfortunately does repeat itself. And I think he was just tapping into the collective and I'm, you know, it's cool to, uh, I'm proud to be part of that show because I do feel like it, it started conversations and dialogues that, that are, that are really important. And, um, like I wasn't aware of, of what happened in 1921. It wasn't taught in, in my school. Um, and so it's cool to, to be in some small part, part of that show, which, which put that out there, you know, and, and on HBO and in people's living rooms to, that forced them to go like, what is this? What did happen? You know, you, um, you don't, you don't get superpowers. Did you ever take the serum and the, and the, and the do you, uh, or anything like that? Do you take, uh, do they, do they grant you with anything? Do you get hit by lightning? Uh, or are you just a human the entire time, sir? Um, I try. My Joe, Joe's, uh, Joe Keen's want is to try to become above and beyond and become superhuman uh, in the show. And I won't yeah. go further than that because you, you, you're, you're currently you know, viewing it. So, but, yeah, no, he's, he's human. He's, he's like Lex human. Luthor, man. He's like Lex. Yeah. He wants Did that. You feel like Lex? He wants that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's cool. Um, That's fucking cool. Yeah. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Do you, were you... <laughs> okay, don't tell me. Um, yeah, I, I don't yeah, yeah, there's so much... You're on, you're on the journey, man. Just take the, take the Watchmen journey. Just go through it. But hold on. Let you're me tell dig you something. You, you fucking voiced Superman on Harley... Like, of course you did. You're, you're like... <laughs> like You have, like, this, like... Such a friendly, but also like commanding. <laughs> what was that? Like? Thanks, man. Um, it was a Jew. It was it was it was a Jew. It was it was a Jewish Superman. He was Jewish Superman. Whoa! Where, what happened? Oh my God! Did you get sucked out of the the, the gravity control, dude? Hello. Hello? Oh my God, we lost him. Someone opened the. That was crazy. 
Oh. Is he back? Hey, I'm Hello? Back. Hey. <laughs> what happened? I'm back. I don't know what happened. It's I don't like know. like you got pulled out of the airplane. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, my God. Um, what? That sounded we? crazy on my end. It sounded crazy. It sounded. It hurt my ears. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Jesus, they didn't want us to talk about Superman. So Jewish Superman. No. Yeah, he was. You, you know, know no always, one knew it, but he he had an uneasy. He was lactose intolerant. He had a he had like a bad stomach. He got nervous. I'm just kidding. That was, wait, is this for real? My, uh, no, no, no. Because you were talking earlier how how I don't look Jewish, but exactly, exactly characters. So, so this is my that was my so, bit. That was obviously I'm not going to do stand up, but that was my bit. No, you're doing you're so doing fine. You're doing and he fine. Gets nervous, and he you... gets he gets he gets nervous. <laughs> no, I I my friend uh, Dean Laurie created that show. Dean is the Dean wrote for the Crazy Ones, and um, he's so cool. bright. And he created that show, and and he asked me to come in um and do that voice which was so much fun you you've had experience doing animation stuff so you i have but not enough i like i wish i did more man like i don't know why the fuck i'm not doing more but i have I've had your voice is a gift hair. to the animation world yeah they should you like i i want to hear your voice in every cartoon or animated feature i, I see. know but I, I but how fun is it when you get to just sit in a booth and get as wacky as you want to be and no one's judging you it's just oh, like yeah. your voice so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I fucking love that stuff. Put the good word in for me, man. What do you buy? It's, it's, I, uh, I will. like su- Superman. That is, that is, that is an amazing character. You can say that she played Superman. Superman. Like, so that, Dean, that's Dean that's directed me in it. You can and tell, the funniest thing you can tell your son, you can tell your son that you were the voice of Superman. Yeah. Oh my God, I, uh, I yeah, yeah, I um, I auditioned for the Superman movie. Remember, like when they redid the Man of Steel. No way. And uh, yeah, and I it was such With a Spacey? box audition. Uh, the one that uh, Henry Cavill did. Oh okay okay okay. Yeah yeah, so I um. You know how you just have botched auditions when you're kind of just starting out and you just really, you know how to act, but you oh, really yeah. also at the same time don't know what the hell you're doing. And well, um, Auditioning is a whole other fucking thing, man. It's like, especially you know. when you're, yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't it? Yeah. Some people are great auditioners, but they fucking suck. You know, it's like, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a thing. You know, they, you have to be taught how to audition because really it's a game of, of being relaxed. If you can be relaxed, then you can figure out a philosophy about how, how to be rejected. You know, <laughs> but it's, a, totally. it's a, it's a whole science. Yeah. You can be the greatest actor so in the world and have har- be a horrible auditioner. So true. And then vice versa. Yeah, it is. It's about like yeah. getting that mindset of, it's that mindset of like, I don't care. You do care, but you have a detachment to it. And I definitely didn't have that mindset when I first started. And uh, this was around that time, and um, I, it was just, well, first off, I, one of my biggest memories is it was like, where, you know, wear something, like, they just want, like, they didn't want you to come in in, like, a baggy sweatshirt, because they want to know just kind of what you're, you know, what you look like. You're about to play Superman. But I think I, <laughs> I think I wore, like, an Under Armour shirt, because I took it as, like, 
wear something that shows like just something really tight. So I came in looking already bizarre. And then I just think, I don't know what happened from there. I don't, I think I blocked it out, but anyways, that's my <laughs> Superman story. <laughs> but now, so I did get to play, I did get to play Superman on the show and it was so fun, the Dean Laurie show. So what I was going to tell you is he directed me and the funniest thing he did, which is his genius is he was like, let's just make him like a little unaware like a little, like not dumb, but just like a little, maybe not as smart as, as your, as your normal Superman is. And so we would just have like a little bit take on a line of like, maybe he didn't really even know the, like what he was saying. So instead of going like, I'll be right there, he'd be like, I'll be right there. So it was just like little things like that, that, that Dean led me to, that was really fun, really fun. That's fun. I always thought that, uh, I always thought that, um, you know, you mentioned Jewish Superman. I think he was yeah. created by Jewish guys. A lot of, like a lot of Jewish writers created those characters. I may be wrong, but I think he was created by oh, Batman, I think. Stan Lee was oh, wow. But, um, but uh, Jewish Superman, the whole Kal-El and the House of El, and um, that's like, that is Jewish. Bethel. I mean, it's like, I, I always thought that when I was a kid. I was like, oh, you know, why are they using the, the Hebrew mm. suffix? Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so... By the way, I had, no idea Sam, I had no idea Stan Lee was Jewish. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Jewish. You're probably I'm right. I'm pretty sure. I may, I, be, I may be yeah. wrong, but, I, you know. Do um, you think we're ever going to finish uh, spinning gold? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Let's talk about the positives about spinning gold for a second, okay? Yes. Let's let's keep it, it positive. It takes place. It's the seventies, right? It's like the it's it's the birth of um, the fuck is it? Not Columbia Records. Uh, uh, Casablanca Records. Right. And right. Um, which it's like the music of that time was fucking fun, and that was a fucking fun time, and the. You know, we look, we live like the, I feel like we're, we're definitely immersed in it. We definitely look, we look like we know, like we're in, in the, in the right movie. Um, uh, yeah, the and, hair and uh, the hair and makeup and costuming was perfect. Yeah. I mean, we can't, we're halfway through this movie, guys. Like we, we haven't shot enough of it to really know what it is. I mean, I've seen certain scenes and they look fun. But you can't you can't like fucking judge it until it's like a complete movie, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's I had fun. great I was fun cast. Fun. I, I love yeah. Montreal, man. Jay Farrow. He Jay was on Farrow. The show. I love Jay Farrow. Yeah. <laughs> Chris yeah. Red. Those guys are awesome. Hell yeah! Uh, I, I had a everyone in the cast was fucking a blast. Jeremy, like, I loved yeah. everybody. It is. It was. It was, it was Awesome. Everyone's cool. Awesome. Caitlin Fitz. Caitlin Fitzgerald. I, I hope keep we, shouting out. See, that's the thing um, in this business for for people who are listening who who are like wondering like, whoa, wait, not all movies are finished. Like, no, fuck no. Like, like this, it's like a ship's journey, man. It's like you go, you you set out with the best intentions, with like the best crew possible. You know, sometimes yeah. you know, it's like a. Sometimes it's the Motley crew when you come back with gold, you know. Sometimes it's, the, it's like a fucking Oscar-winning crew and you're fucking sunk in the middle of the ocean. You know, you never know. Yeah. You never know. And that's, like the, that's why it's such a romantic thing. It's like you trust that 
You're gonna fucking mm. <laughs> you're gonna come home with gold, you know. You trust that we're gonna come home with treasure, but you never fucking know. Uh, like I remember watching them, um, and then you got to you know, and then you like wonder like, you know, certain people they're alchemists, so they 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 if they don't finish something, what do they turn it into? And I remember I saw um, Terry Gilliam's movie, like he was trying to make uh, law, he was trying to make the um, he made Lost in La Mancha, right? And that was him trying to make fucking Don Quixote, you know, for fucking years. And that's Terry Gilliam, you know? And he couldn't right. finish it. So he made, a docu- he made a documentary about how the, like, the universe was set against him making it, you know, which was an interesting documentary. And I learned that, fuck, you don't... Not everything gets finished in this business. It's crazy. So, it's, so what is that? It's it crazy. is. It's crazy because you go in and you're like, Everyone has the best intentions. Everyone wants to fucking, you know, Everyone. put in the, do their yep. best work. And then, when, yep. you know, and sometimes your best work will never see the fucking light of day. So that, so yeah. that, that kind of corresponds with the audition thing that we were talking about, which, which, cause I hated auditioning, man. I fucking hated it. Like I would get mm. anxiety. Like I was like, I know it. I don't know. But my fucking brain would go out the window. I'd start fucking sweating my balls off. Like I couldn't fucking yep. control my body. I couldn't control yep. myself. I, you know? Uh, yep. And so then I, wa- I watched the actor studio with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he said, may he mm. rest in peace. And th- who was another guy who I wanted to be like, who I was like, oh, he does comedy and he's fucking does drama. And he's yep. built like me, you know? And he yeah. said on the actors, he said on the actors' studio, you're not going to get every role. You're going to most, you know, 99 percent of the time you're going to get rejected. So you got to treat every single audition like it's your prepare, prepare like hell, you know, and go in there and treat it like it's your final performance. So that at the end, even if you don't get it, you feel fulfilled. You know, you feel like you did something with yes. your life. You yes. know? Yeah, and do and do it for you, and do it for you. Like I, I watched the same. By the way, I watched the same thing of him saying that, and it's like, yeah, our, our, it's like take the pressure off. To, your job when you're auditioning, and this is like what I've kind of come to as well with it is like, as hard as it is to wrap my mind around this, it's like it's not to get the job, it's to go and do a job, it's to go and treat it like it's the job and experience the character and do it for me so that when I walk away, if I don't get the role, like what you said is a numbers game, and so you have to develop a muscle to be okay with when you don't get the role. But when you walk away, you walk away and you go, okay, I did that for me, and that felt good because I, I, I prepared and just did a, I, I did a job. That was my job, and now I'm walking away from the results. I mean, it's, it's tough, man. Our business is, is so crazy. It's such a, like... It's literally such a vagabond, you know, betting on a fucking horse kind of business. Uh, yeah, we're in, pal. Yeah. We, Let's, listen, we, we're uh, signed so up, I we signed wrap up for make. Yeah, we, what were you saying? we bought the ticket, man. We bought the ticket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. We, we I, uh, bought the ticket. It's, a, it's the cost of admission. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to wrap it up here because i got to get back to the family. But um, I want to ask you one more question about uh, what's your connection to Tourette's? Why did you was like? Do you have Tourette's, or do you know people with Tourette's? Um, I the first thing I ever did, like my my first job that got me 
you know, my foot in the door was uh, I did a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. Remember when they were doing those, like Sunday Night Hallmark Hall of Fame movies? Um, it was like a oh, thing for a long like Saturday, time. Like, yeah, Saturday afternoon movies. Like get the family, like that, yeah, sit down, yeah. Yeah. And they did totally. one about a teacher, a teacher who had Tourette syndrome. It was a true story. And um, this was like a year out of acting school for me. And uh, I really hadn't had any anything significant that I had done. And uh, I went in and I auditioned for it. And I auditioned for the brother. But um, I ended up getting the, the, the title role, the, the lead role of this guy who had Tourette syndrome. And I had like a month and I prepared with like a voice and dialect coach. And I went down and we shot this movie about a guy who really wanted to become a teacher. But he uh, kept getting shut down because, you know, he had Tourette's. He, he had the tics and he had the, the movements and he would you know, bark and everything that comes with Tourette. And um, people kept saying no. And then he, it's a beautiful story. It's about a guy named Brad Cohen. And he eventually um, got a job and, he's, and he became an amazing teacher. And he wrote a book and it's called Front of the Class. And uh, anyway, so I played him. And, um, and so after the movie came out, uh, thank God it was re- well received by the Tourette community because the last thing you want to do is like, you know, do something that doesn't feel real or authentic right, right. to them. And, uh, and Brad and I became really friendly and he started a foundation and he started a camp uh, for kids with Tourette's. It's called Camp Twitch and Shout, which is such a great name. And like 120 <laughs> kids of all ages would come down to this camp in Georgia uh, who all had Tourette's, many um, from families and from places and from areas that there wasn't a lot of awareness still. And this was like 2010, so it's not that long ago. But there still wasn't a lot of awareness about what Tourette's was in their communities. And so they were able to come to this camp and all be together and just, like, have a great week. And so I went down to the camp, and I volunteered to be a counselor. Side story, my co-counselor at the camp, who just happened to volunteer that week also, is now my wife. And we got married. And, and, uh, and so I'm so grateful for that film and for that experience besides just being an advocate for the Tourette's community and, and, and going on that journey. Um, you know, I owe my wife and my kids to that as well because we met down there. So that's my connection with the, with the Tourette's community. Wow. Amazing, man. You find a, you know, yeah, yeah, you find a cause and, and then it's crazy. You, you put energy into it and, and the universe gives you a wife, you know, it gives you like, it gives you. Yeah. Oh my God. You, so true. You yeah. need to live on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the planter of the throne. Whoa. Hope you had a good time, man. <laughs> I had such a good time, man. I, I, um, I can't wait till we're on a set together again. I would love that. Yeah, man. I hope that it's, we'll, we'll, we will, we'll fit either finish that yeah. or, Spinning gold or something. That was fun, man. Our relationship. I liked our relationship on that movie. It was like, it was like yeah. a, a good, yeah. It was like, uh, it was. I don't know. It was like the, you know, you have certain like archetypes and and uh, it was very. I think we were hitting the real fucking. I don't want to. I don't want to say uh, anything crazy, but it was kind of. Um, Animal Housey, you know, if they, if he edits it right, if they cut it right, right. like you got a real, uh, what's his name, Otter, you know, Otter, 
You yeah. got that like innocent, yeah. innocent, but also like it's like fucking everybody kind of vibe going on. That was a crazy, um, yeah. That was a crazy. I got, I got like a Belushi vibe going on. Oh yeah. What were you saying? One hundred percent. No, it was just crazy. It was a crazy fun script. Yeah. It was yeah. Fun. I, I want to finish it. Um, all right, so I'm going to let you go. Uh, please be safe. And, um, Thanks, you know, this is going to come out soon. This is, uh, you know, this, this July is Comic-Con month. So, um, you know, uh, we're going to put this out uh, fairly soon. We're going to be uh, um, doing all sorts of stuff, uh, live show. Uh, awesome. This uh, on Saturday, uh, tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, I'm starting to do these live shows, man. Maybe you want, if you want to come on and do a, a virtual uh, appearance, yeah, dude. let me know, brother. Cool. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to. All right, man. Have a good night. I All appreciate right, you coming on. You too, man. Okay. Stay safe. Thanks. Okay, you too, pal.